you And when I defang the viper Trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere Jeff, I already put you out I don't even know why you're out here right now Keep on talking Hey, hey, hey do me a favor Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting And you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew And Mustafa, you out here A boy of one man And I'm gonna tell you what you got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Man, it has been a while. Sorry for the long delay. It's been a while, but we are back. With me, as always, is Devin. Uh, this is a feast, by the way. I didn't even say my own name. See, I already messed I up. I know, man. Intro, Look at that, hey, man. <laughs> messed up already. Damn it, Hafiz. <laughs> Sorry, man. Don't yep. go back to that. Hey, man. It, you know, it's just it's just like uh, riding a bike. You know, just got to get back on it, and then yep. we'll get that flow again. But anyway, man. Yeah, we are back. It's It's been a little bit. You know, the life happens. You know, things happen. I moved uh, to a new location. So, you know, had that going on and just work and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's contributed to this. But we're back now. Um, gosh, there's so much wrestling that's happened i mean the last time it has man it, it has. was crown jewel hadn't even happened yet when no, we no because I, so. I was look i was just recently looking through our episodes i was like when's the last time we recorded i was like october 19th yeah like, man yep a lot has happened a we lot. had like like you said crown jewel a finn balor heel turn yep nxt invasion you know it's so much in the wrestling world so remind me, did we even did we talk about the Finn? We, I don't think we recorded when Finn Balor no, turned. That, right? that didn't happen. I believe that happened the following week, and I was uh, so excited to record. But right. that's when you was in the whole transition of moving, yeah, yeah. and you know, I totally get that, man. So I totally understand. So I had no problems, you know, just waiting. Yeah, well, so here's what we're going to do, basically, just to give you, the listeners here, a summary of how we're going to go about this. So um, right now we're in the midst of a WWE NXT kind of invasion angle, like a throwback to back in the day when it was WCW versus WWF. Um, so we're going to kind of use that as our as our focus, as our compass for this whole uh, recording, this section here. Uh, we'll talk about AEW in its own section, too, but WWE and NXT is going to be mixed up a little bit in this, and we're going to kind of talk about some of the things we've seen these last couple of weeks um and briefly touch on crown jewel because there are some things i want to touch up yeah, on that man. yeah we can we can because just you know just for everybody this is basically the catch-up episode before we go back into the regular you know routine so yep. right now we're just catching up of all this wrestling that we've missed and talk about it Exactly. So next week it'll be, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT separated out as usual. But this week we're going to kind of jumble it up and have it be the invasion uh, episode. So um, with that in mind, uh, Crown Jewel, let's just talk about that briefly real quick. Um, because it actually turned out to be a show where things happen. You know, we joked about it how it's usually not canon, right? Like when they yeah. go to Saudi Arabia, it doesn't really matter. And I think last year they actually did the same matches that they did in Saudi Arabia at the at the following pay per view. There were like a couple of of 
uh, like they just redid it. They recycled a couple of their matchups. So this year, um, some things changed. Some things happened. Um, the biggest one that happened was the, the matchup with the Fiend and Seth Rollins, which pulled Seth Rollins out of the Team Hogan, Team Flair matchup. Um, so, and, and actually, by the way, before we even get into talking about that matchup, did you end up actually watching the whole thing, the whole crown jewel, uh, pay-per-view or did you just see segments? Like what did you, end up I'm doing? glad you asked me that question. I have broke it up in segments. Okay. I didn't watch the en- entire thing. Uh, I watched it here and there. So the way I viewed it, I was like, you know what? At the end of it, I was like, that wasn't a bad crown jewel. I'll say that was the best of all the Saudi trips they took. They went out there. I said that was the best one they they had so far. Yeah, I agree. This this definitely was the best one. Um, I, I'll tell you this: I did. I had planned on not watching it, um, and then there were people that I knew that were saying, "Oh, did you see Crown Jewel?" And they kept asking me about it, and then they didn't want to tell me what had happened, but they said enough to make me know that hmm, something something was a little <laughs> bit different about this Crown Jewel. So let me go ahead and tune in and check some things out. Um, so there were a couple of matches that I saw. And I, I will say I still did not see the whole thing, but there were a couple of moments like the uh, the first ever women's match that happened at Crown Jewel um, saw that. So that was a special mm-hmm. moment there. Um, there was what else? I saw the the Brock Lesnar and the Kane Velasquez matchup, which <laughs> yeah, yeah how that brief was, was that? That was a thing. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit, too. Um, but then really, I had a feeling it was going to be the Fiend Seth Rollins matchup where it, that, that was the one where something had happened. Um, so just to get into that a little bit, uh, Seth Rollins and the Fiend. So by now everybody knows the Fiend ended up winning the belt, beat Seth Rollins, uh, won the won the Universal Championship off of Seth, which I I will say I was I guess I'm trying to re- remember back to how I felt when it actually happened. It wasn't I guess so much a surprise because. You're having this matchup. You can't have the fiend lose, and you can't do some weird ending again where there's a disqualification. And they're always they said it before the match. This match, it, cannot you know, what's sad? I actually kind of expected that. That maybe the, they'll like try to ending? do some type of weird ending mm-hmm. to get out of it, out of out of that segment again. You know, just how WWE is. Yeah, I, I mean, and I don't blame you for that. I really don't. So you know, but I, I don't know. I just. It was one of those matches where, because of the way it was booked, it's it's either yeah they're gonna be crazy and just do another weird ending, or they're actually gonna have the fiend win this match. Um, so it wasn't so much a surprise that he won. I was kind of like, okay, you know, like good, good that this happened, um, you know, and I guess just just pleasantly pleased by the fact that it that it happened, um, you know, so. But with this happening, though, I guess the the matchup itself, like with 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 the way it went down, there's a couple of things. One is Seth's situation right now seems a little bit like weird. Like, I'm not sure (laughs) how to even feel about Seth Rollins, because going into that match, like, I don't think anybody was really a big fan of him. Everybody was wanting the Fiend to win that match. Yeah. Um, Even the Saudi crowd. Even the Saudi crowd was like, yeah, just they were all about the Fiend and booing Seth Rollins. Post that matchup um, on Raw, you know, when Seth wasn't sure of which way, you know, he was going to go. He was, you know, questioning everything. And, you know, the fans just did not care. And even Seth said, I'm not stupid. I can hear you guys, you know, say like what you're saying. And I know you guys are happy about the Fiend uh, uh, winning and becoming champion. Um, So I just feel like we're in a situation with Seth. We'll just start there um, where he's just kind of in flux right now. So what, what do you think about what Seth is doing right now? And where do you think Seth 
Where do you think Seth should go, and where do you think he is going based off how they're booking things so far? The way they book him, man, is it's the reason why that basically the WWE universe kind of just, just kind of just, you know, just went against him. And then Seth actually played a part in that too, in reality, you know, non kayfabe Right. You know, going on certain podcasts saying, you know, calling other wrestling promotions, minor leagues, you know, just saying WWE is a company that's the best, nothing wrong with their product. He actually is coming off like a narcissist <laughs> when you think about it, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just literally just hit me. Yeah. Literally as I'm breaking that down. <laughs> so it that's how he's coming off. So I... You know, and I guess that's how people are feeling. Like, man, what's up with you, bro? And and he's saying he's the best wrestler in the, on the planet. He said it again, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, come on, man. It's it's when he says that for some reason it it grinds my gears. You know, <laughs> this, I mean, I I don't blame him necessarily for saying it because you, you like any wrestler should think that of themselves, right? Like yeah. Apollo Cruz should go around thinking to himself that he can be or he is the best wrestler in the but world. But why is Seth has to say it and it doesn't it, it and it does irk me. Like, all right, CM Puck, he could say it. Even Chris Jericho has said it. Uh, you know, AJ Styles, he says it. You know, but when when Seth Rollins says it, it it's like, oh my God, bro, just give it a rest. I think there's a there's a little so Seth Rollins kind of is being shoved down our throats a little bit. I think that's what it is. It's just there's a lot of Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins like beating people left and right before losing finally to the Fiend. Um, I think there's just kind of like a, a, a fatigue of Seth Rollins currently, and then for him to say that, it's like okay, I'm I'm really through now. Like I just can't take anymore of of him in general. So I think that's what it is. I mean, he beat Brock Lesnar with the, I mean, we talked about that a couple of times now, the way he beat Brock Lesnar after yeah. he was damn near dead uh, from Brock Lesnar doing the F5 on that gurney. Um, and then he, he beat uh, Braun Strowman, you know, and it seemed, and then he seemingly beat The Fiend, you know, in that no contest, referee stoppage uh, matchup at Hell in a Cell. So, you know, just, I guess, to a point where we're, because I feel the same way, where there's just fatigue from Seth Rollins. And then, like you said, he's going on these podcasts and saying things that, that irk you as well. Um, so it's like a, when, a, when all of that is coming together, yeah, it's it's going to irk you. You know, it's like when Roman Reigns, when he was at the height of just annoying everybody, if he would have said, I'm the best in the world, or when he was saying, this is my yard now, like that irked the hell out of me too. You know, like I think it's, <laughs> that's it's, a good it's, point. you know, it's just to a point where, <laughs> If you keep, they keep like putting the same person over, over over other people who are well deserving of these wins, but then the same person keeps getting win after win after win, and then their personality doesn't really vibe with the audience. It's probably going to yeah. irk you after a while when they just keep winning, you know. So it's um, like they don't like I said before, and I, I said this like many episodes ago in our podcast. I said they don't know how to build a face. And you see how they try to build Seth Rollins right now, and it totally didn't work because you're trying to build him. It's like they're trying to use this Roman Reigns motto, mm-hmm. and we're going to apply it to every wrestler that we can use because we can make any top face. That's what they're telling us. But, like, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want if you want somebody to truly go over, like, like a Daniel Bryan, even Kofi at the time, too. Right. You know, you know that's how you – 
organically have, have the crowd with you at the time like that, man. It's not going to, if you're going to try to go this fabricated way, then it's not going to work. It's just going to come around and bite you in the ass. Well, it's funny because at first it kind of started in a similar way as it did for those guys, though. For like Kofi and Daniel Bryan, they were the underdogs, right? And for Seth Rollins against Brock Lesnar, he was clearly the underdog at WrestleMania, you know? And then even in these other matches that we're talking about, you know, he's going against people that when you look at it, you put it on paper. If you like, you see the tail of the tape, like they sometimes do. I mean, Seth Rollins is the underdog in all these matches, you know, and he's going to find a way he's going to survive. He's going to, you know, do all these things to, to eke out a victory. Um, so I feel like in a way they kind of have tried to do it in that Kofi and Daniel Bryan model. And still it hasn't worked with Seth, you know, because the Roman Reigns style really is like, you know, he's, he's, it's compared to John Cena, right? Like he's just beating people. It's not an underdog story. He's just, he's, it's guys similar size to him, you know, similar skill set or whatever. And yeah, they're just having these grinded out matches and he wins regardless of what, how many, you know, whatever happens in the matchup. Um, but with Seth, he has been the underdog, kind of similar to those guys. So I just, I don't know. I, I feel like with Seth, I think the 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 personality outside of the ring maybe is having an effect on it for sure. And then just, I think that's just, what the issue is, though, too. I, I think so. I think it's 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 what he's saying outside, and then also too, just in ring, like he he's never. I don't think he really ever completely clicked with the crowd um, before this all started. When he was a face and he was like like the workhorse, you know, when he was um, which one was it the Intercontinental Championship that he had for a while? Yeah, I think he was he was getting there, but I don't think he ever really, really got there to where he just truly connected with the crowd and everybody was with him Um, when he came back from his injury. Like that was a, a, a moment where people were with him. But I don't know. I just feel like they they didn't really have him there and then all of a sudden he's getting these matchups where he's beating these these like again Brock Lesnar he beat him and then um it just kind of and then again with the well, personality the way they outside. booked him too because you you say they kind of had him on this path but you think back when uh when oh man well when was it you just said it for Seth Rollins and I just I just I just had it and I lost it that quick what when uh Seth what with Brock like at Wrestlemania no, 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 no. Uh, it was, was it Seth? Go- no, it wasn't going against the gauntlet match. Uh, oh, yeah, with the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, oh, yeah, he had that night on Raw where he had a, that gauntlet. And, you know, people, that's true. That was a time where it was it was damn near close, where he had wrestled, I don't know how many guys and for how, how long it was. He, but yeah, he broke the record, or did he set a record? He, I, I think, he, yeah, he set the record. He set for, the record, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, for the longest uh, match or lo- longest time and that one person has gone through multiple matches or whatever that was yeah like because it was that gauntlet match and then uh which again similar to Kofi you know but I don't know I just feel like he's not as endearing as as Kofi is and he they just didn't really have him connect in that same way uh-huh. before he started really getting that push well, to, to they, are, he, level. they almost had it when he came back from that injury yep. you know he had this great package this great great promo it made it felt like he was going to come back as a uh, a face, yeah. But then when he showed up, Roman Reigns, I, I was the end of a pay per view. Showed up, you know. He did the, not the curb stunt, but he did the pedigree. And then the next night, he's a heel again. Yeah. And I think that just you know messed messed everything up from that. 
Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it would be interesting to kind of look more in depth at the Seth Rollins situation and kind of dissect it and see, like, you know, how they booked him and really do that research on it. Because now, you know, it's got me thinking about it, wanting to look back and see. Because it, it's 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 tricky. Because, yeah. I mean, you bringing it up, you know, with Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston, I mean, those worked and with Seth Rollins and didn't. And, you know, I have these general ideas about, you know, what had happened at that time and why it potentially didn't work. But I think that would be kind of cool maybe for the next episode, just kind of go in and look at it and say, you know, the track that he was on and some of the storylines he had and where it was working, where it wasn't, because it just seems like. With Seth, you, when you bring it up, like when he says the, he's the best in the world, yeah. and it irks you, and I feel the same way. But it's like, why though? Because he he really like I don't think I don't think he's doing anything wrong by saying that. But there's something about the way this is, this booking has I gone. Know, right? I'm like he, he, and he's irritating. a great wrestler. You know, yeah. it's not like he's like I'm not saying he's a trash wrestler. He's a great phenomenal wrestler. Yeah. But when he says that he's the best wrestler on the planet, it's like oh my god, dude. Yeah. I, it just sounds annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. I agree. But you know, we'll 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 look into that. I think we should definitely break that down a little bit more. But so so Seth Rollins. We'll talk about him a little bit more when it comes to NXT versus WWE and the invasion angle for the Fiend. Um, you know, I'm excited for the Fiend being champion and seeing what they're gonna do. And at the same time, I'm kind of dreading it. Um, because he's gonna have to lose eventually, right? So you, you as soon as you put that title on him, it's that like that's one of the things I immediately think about because just start the just, countdown. Huh? You start the countdown because it has to come to an end, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so I'm just I, I'm hoping that they do this at least that loss when it comes that they do it in a, in, in the right way. Um, I'm gonna enjoy if the you ride. You can book it. How would you book it in a way that all right? It's, it wouldn't piss you off. It would make sense for you. He has to lose in like a ladder match or like a buried alive match or something like that, not get pinned or submitted. Okay. I can't see a ladder match, but I can see a, a, I like that concept, a buried alive match. Yeah. I haven't seen one of those in a while. I mean, point being that it it would be something where he doesn't need to be, be pinned. He's not flat on his back at the end of it. You know, that he's just like, you could have interference or you could have something quote unquote supernatural with like The Undertaker or something like that. Um, but to have him, and it, I mean, I guess for the championship, it wouldn't be The Undertaker, but um, just to do something, be creative with it and find another way for him to lose is the only way I could see taking that belt off of him where you don't really hurt his character. Now, if it's too hokey, I mean, you still hurt his character, but yeah. um, I would say that that would be the way that I would I would look into it. It's like, all right, if we got to do this somehow to put the belt on, on somebody else. So, you know, that's why I said a ladder match too because, you know, it could be some kind of like interference thing and, you know, okay, that other I'm person. Because right, I was up. trying to I was trying to understand how – like how would a fiend lose a ladder match? Well, let's let's. I guess we'll we'll get into again because I have an idea for Survivor Series potentially if the fiend is going to have a matchup. Um, what may happen in this in this potential situation? But we'll get into that later. But yeah, I'm just giving you an idea, like it, you know, um, interference or something to kind of keep the fiend away versus actually like knocking the fiend out, quote unquote, or submitting him or pinning him or whatever, because that just that that doesn't work for his character anymore. He's just he's OP. So um, yeah, so then, <laughs> yes, I mean, he is. I mean, really, <laughs> it just wouldn't make sense. You know, you look at it and say, "What?" But you kicked out all those curb stomps. Why are you out now? You know, like yeah. we saw in Hell in a Cell, it looked stupid then, so it's not going to change anytime soon. But did um, you feel like he, re- he he redeemed himself in this match though, Crown Jewel? I, 
A little bit, yeah. I, I do, a little bit. I think there's still the, the funk of that ma- the Hell in a Cell matchup on him, especially yeah. with the red lights still being there. Yeah. And oh, then, my God, man. They got to get rid of that. They just need it's, to stop. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's annoying, and it's like it worked. You had the lights on for Finn Balor, mm-hmm. and it worked. Nobody mentioned, like, hey, maybe you should dim the dim the lights a little bit low so that so that mask can pop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the no same one way, said that. The same way he doesn't need those red lights is the same way Ricochet doesn't need the pew pew <laughs> in his intro. You know, like it's the same thing. The same way that Alistair Black doesn't need the, you know, when he comes up from the ground. Like it's it's this overdoing things that yeah, WWE does. Overproduction, you know? bro. Seriously, that's just what it is. It's just what it is. So with the Fiend, it's like the, the, something that was already cool that worked really well. It's like oh, it wasn't enough. We need to try to do something else to take it to that next level. But it's like what? No, yeah. now it's just hokey. So yeah, it needs to stop. Yeah. Need to and stop. I'm trying to understand from other people' uh, point of view because I was talking with other people about this match. Said you know, one of them said you know the lighting didn't didn't you know bother them at all. B- bother them all. It, you know, it kind of added to the story. I'm like, and I'm still trying to understand like how because it's just hard to see. Well, that's what maybe I'm, I'm just a visual person. That's the type of guy I am. Yeah. You know, in theory, in theory, you see you, you if you see a, a photo of it or if you see those like recap videos that they do after the fact, it's fine because it's like, you know, 10, 30 seconds, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a short amount. And the visual itself is cool in small doses. Yeah. When you're talking stretched over like a 20 minute match. I mean, that's just annoying. Like, I just, I mean, the people that are saying they enjoyed it, you know, and they watched the match, I, man, that's tough. Like, I, I, I'm not that person. It know? was actually like, one frame when the fiend was on the floor, and literally, you cannot see him. It was pitch black, yeah. and the cameraman kind of lowered so he can see. And guess what? He still couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it, it, it's unnecessary, you know, and it's annoying. And I, yeah, it's, everything is just dim and dark, and like I just I don't know. I, I I hope they stop it. I really do. I hope that enough, you know, bad press or whatever comes to it that peop that they're like, okay, let's change it because it's just not necessary. But you know, knowing WWE, they may even double down and do something else during his matches. You know, the next. Well, time they out. might, man, because. I I say that shout out to Corey Grace because he has this new podcast now mm-hmm. and and he actually talking talking about you know some of the stuff that bothers him mm-hmm. like you know and you know non cave like he he doesn't like that red lighting he want to get rid of it good you know good. what I'm saying I'm, so I'm, I'm like hopefully that, yeah that can be a start or like you know you gave Corey Grace his own show he's promoting WWE. You know, so hopefully they can use that as as a way, you know, as a way as to to listen to the people somehow. I hope so. I hope so because they that that just again it needs to stop. The fiend works without it, so just let's just stop and and get back to him just being in regular lighting so we can see what's going on and just enjoy the match for what it is. Because um, it, it takes me out of it. It does. I'm thinking about the lighting, you know, you know, when I'm trying to, you know, it's just it's yeah. annoying. It's distracting. So, yeah. I right. Like you want to get into the story, but you have this distraction, just glaring distraction. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's, it's bad. Cut it out. WWE. Stop it. Let's get back to the regular. <laughs> um, 
So moving on from from that matchup, because we'll get into these guys a little bit later when we're talking about the the NXT uh, NXT WWE war that's going on. But uh, real quick, because it, just as quick as this match was, Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez, short, short, short matchup, uh, UFC style brawl, really yes. quick. Um, you know, they went at it, and then Cain uh, Velasquez was doing a ground and pound on Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar got him in a Kimura, I think it was, and ended up tapping out Cain uh, Velasquez. And that was it. It was over. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Lesnar was going to took it to a little too far at the end, uh, you know, within the storyline, within the story parameters, and was trying to beat down Cain Velasquez. He just kept holding the Kimura. Then he wanted to do the F5, I think it was. Rey Mysterio came out uh, yeah, and... and what, what did he have on this he one? Yeah, a steel chair. It was a steel chair, okay, because yeah. I was remembering the pipe, but that was later on on uh, Raw. Yep, the following um, night. Yep, so, you know, he had the steel chair, and he went to town on Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar left and was pissed off that Rey Mysterio just ruined his enjoyment of finally beating Ken Velasquez. Um, and now Ken Velasquez is injured? Is that the, the what's going on? I, I think so. Because that's what I heard that he's just yeah he's he's out and he's actually he was actually hurt and that's why the match was was so short as well so um I, I just you know this this match watching it I was just pissed off as it was going and you know oh, yeah. to to just I, I'm like this should have been this could have been anybody else in this matchup you know like why are we going like first of all Kofi Kingston had just lost the belt mm-hmm. and then he's not nowhere near the title picture right now um, for the, at least for the WWE championship or the mm-hmm. universal championship. Um, and now you got this UFC guy, Cain Velasquez, which we have to, we have to discern that it's because it's on Fox and, you know, they want the UFC, you know, uh, brand or the UFC rub and, and to have that make it a more sports feel for the show and for that, for that matchup. But, you know, I just hope that this is the end for a long while for us seeing stuff like this and then we can get back to, to wrestling because yes. this, this, and you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and mix in Tyson Fury with this a little bit. Go ahead, man. Go ahead and bo- preach right now. Bo- both of these guys, man. I mean, Cain Velasquez did look a little bit better for the short amount of time. So he's a slightly higher class of wrestler than what we saw from Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury was shit. I mean, we just got to say it. He was shit. His punches were fake. It was, I mean, we, we all know the deal with wrestling, right? Like, it's right. a show. Okay, we get it. But my goodness, like, can somebody just, if it, did anybody work with him on how these punches were supposed to be thrown? Because he's, it's just so bad to watch it. And, you know, it, it just, it made a mockery of wrestling, to be honest with you. Um, it was hard to watch. It was, it was cringeworthy, really. It and, was. And then, you know, for. Braun taking the loss from him on the countout after getting quote unquote KO'd. I'm like, just the whole again, Tyson Fury. Then he wakes Kane, up all pissed off, pissed rah, off, rah, right? And then power slam, slammed him down. Come on, man! Like, <laughs> just, just again, let's just get back to the regular wrestling and having superstars who have trained for this. But that's you know, their problem. That's their regular wrestling. Hey, but that's 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 terrible. <laughs> I'm that's just terrible. saying. And that's You're saying get back me, to regular wrestling. I'm well, just like, hey, guess, that's their regular wrestling. If you want to watch regular wrestling, well, you know, we got the other. I was going to say, because, <laughs> you know, that, that's that's part of the shift right now that's happening. Like, with AEW, Ooh. I have no fear around, you know, seeing some quality wrestling. You know, like, 
if if they have just not matches, wrestling, just storylines, storytelling, too? but yes. just in general, like the, the the matches themselves, I just feel like I don't have to worry about them just being like, oh my god, what the hell am I watching? Like this is this is a disaster. But here, it's like you know, again, you got Tyson Fury, you got Cain Velasquez, yep. and this, yep. it's just a mess. Um, so that's what I mean by that. Um, but yeah, just I hope that this is this is the end of of that for for at least a long long while. Um, yeah, and and Brock going forward. I mean, you know, we've got this whole thing coming up now with Rey Mysterio, which is cool. I like. I'm digging that story. I mean, I, you're you're not digging that story. I'm not digging it because Rey Mysterio already had to pull Cain Velasquez. Like, okay, so you couldn't handle your own business, and so you pulled Cain Velasquez to do it for you. Now he just got beat. Now I'm supposed to believe that you you can do it now. Like, I, I don't know. Well, now, with certain advantages, yeah, man. The dude came out with a metal pipe, start beating his ass with it. Is well, he yeah. have the metal pipe in the match? Well, I don't know. It, let's see what type of match they're going to have, man. Right. Is it going to be, you know, no it better be a weapon. It, it better be a no It got to be match. some type of stipulation. Yeah. Right. It can't that's be a straight up just, you know. I'm saying. <laughs> and I feel like that's what's going to happen. I feel like they're just going to have a regular old match, and Rey Mysterio is going to get tossed around. And if at any point it looks like Rey Mysterio... He's about to, you know, have that moment where he's, you know, getting the better of Brock Lesnar. It's just going to look terrible, you know. So let, let me ask you the question that everybody wants to ask right now. Do you think he goes longer than Kofi Kingston? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, I do think it's going to go longer. Um, it, and, and that's sad for Kofi, for sure. It's still it's one of those things that's going to be hanging over, you know, the, the Kofi every time I see him. You know, is is man? You got you just got destroyed by Brock Lesnar in what was it? Ten seconds? Yeah, was that just one move? Six point eight seconds under ten seconds, and there no mention, no rematch, no nothing. Just no. moved on. Yeah, and Rey Mysterio's match is gonna last longer than that. It will now. Will oh, it be Brock right now? You know, he the guy right now, man. He is armed with the broom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to just yeah. sweep people up. You know, Man. and now I got my shovel because now oh, I just buried Cain Velasquez. I did yeah. it. Yeah. I buried him. Yep. I did it to Kofi. Yep. I'm about to do the Ray Mysterio. Yep. <laughs> He's going to do it, man. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, and here's the thing, though. For Ray Mysterio, let's say he just get, let, let's just play devil's advocate and yeah. said it was just as short as Kofi Kingston, right? I don't think it necessarily hurts Rey Mysterio overall because this match just feels like it's just, I don't know, it's just happening for me. Like, I'm not truly, like, invested necessarily in the storyline, and I, I still will think the same of Rey Mysterio because I don't expect Rey Mysterio to beat Brock Lesnar. For Kofi, it was like, man, you were champion for all this time, and you just got destroyed like that, and we're just moving on? Like, it just it just makes his title reign look like it never even mattered in the first place. But for Rey, this is like... Now, if they were to do more to bring back in, like, the Dominic part of it, right, and the, that storyline, because it's kind of been quiet on that. Like, Rey, Rey has said stuff, but we haven't seen it. Like, we haven't seen Dominic since that happened. So that emotional impact isn't quite there like it was when... Leading into the Cain Velasquez fight, well, we I haven't feel. seen Dominic man because he, in reality, he's, he's getting his ass whipped by Brock because right. he's being left alone by his dead. <laughs> true, true. You know what I'm saying? So, but I I'm guess, just saying, like, I guess Ray Mysterio witnessed that mistake and like, all right, Dominic's gonna chill for a while. I'm gonna go handle this. So he got his own story with Brock now. I just feel like you know the emotional impact would be stronger seeing him. 
like it was before. Like if we had had that Rey Mysterio match right after Dominic got destroyed, yeah. um, I think that would have been a much better way to lead into their matchup. But now, you know, again, you you called in the big gun, right? Kane Velasquez, the guy that knocked out, you know, Brock Lesnar, and he couldn't do it. And now you're saying, okay, I guess I'll try it. What? Like, I don't know. It's just something about that that just, it feels like too little, too late a little bit. And I get that, in, man. And it's in the midst of this whole NXT WWE thing. And then yeah. even the, the the placement of that kind of pisses me off because I want to see Brock Lesnar be a part of this and see what it looks like with him. You, and, and you, you will want to see, so. You I guess I want, want the WWE like, Championship a yeah. part of it because we got Adam Cole being a part of the storyline, right? I mean, The Fiend, we'll see, you know, how they work that in. But, you know, they, all the other belts, all the other champions are interacting with each other. And now the main uh, champions on the male, on the men's side, we're not really seeing them interact, you know. So, I don't know. It feels like that is missing a little bit from this. That's And, and, and it's being put to the side because we got right, Mr. versus Brock Lesnar. Well, but I don't need to see every belt on the line. Well, not on the line, but every champion going to another champion for Survivor Series. And I'm gl- and I'm glad. You know what? Because I enjoy the Brock and Rey Mysterio story. It's, it's having uh, to me a good build or a solid build. Uh, you know, with Ray doing some of his finest promo work, man. I think that that's that's fair. I mean, I think there'll be people on that side of it, you know, and I think there'll be people on on my side of it too. So it's it's. I don't think it's for everybody, you know. I think some people will enjoy it, and if you're a real, if you're a big Rey Mysterio fan, you're enjoying the idea that Rey Mysterio is getting a shot at the title again. So that's really cool. Um, if you're a Brock Lesnar fan, um, and I don't know where where your side of this really would be. Maybe you're enjoying him not having to go against the Fiend or I don't go. I don't know, but you know, for me, I'm just a fan of what's going on in the invasion storyline um and i would love to see what brock looks like in the midst of this because looking back at the the wcw wwf uh invasion storyline there were people missing in that and i I was like man i wish you know we would we would have seen like you know triple h be a part of that at that time right like rock came in at the end like he wasn't there from the beginning um scott steiner by the time he came to wwe it was all pretty much done and he was washed up you know like there was just so much that you know there was some stuff that happened that was really cool and there was some stuff that was missing you're like damn it would have been really cool if we would have had everybody there um so you know for me because i you know my thought on it and i we're kind of slowly transitioning into this the storyline so we can just get right into it is that after Survivor Series, where it's back to normal, like everybody kind of goes their separate ways. I would love to see it extend past that, well, but I kind of feel that's, like that's why I expect, man. Like for some reason, for WWE Survivor Series or around Survivor Series, they always come some of their best storylines. Yeah. But then after that, it's everybody go their separate ways. That's you know, yep. last year was all about Becky Lynch, the rise of Becky Lynch, basically. Yeah, you know, and her going uh, against Ronda Rousey. Her with that famous blood on her face coming in invading yep. Raw with SmackDown. That was a man, that was a good visual. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. This this one here, I mean, so again, let's let's transition right into that and talk right. about it. Um so post uh Crown Jewel, you know, you were watching SmackDown, you think, okay, this is a 
normal SmackDown. They're going to recap Crown Jewel. We're going to talk about it, and, and it'll be just like normal. Yep. And Becky Lynch is having a matchup with uh, Nikki Cross, and Sasha Banks is there. And Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks do their shenanigans. Becky Lynch, or not Becky Lynch, Bailey, uh, and Sasha Banks do their shenanigans, and Bailey ends up winning the matchup. They're celebrating. They cut to Sasha. Sasha's out there. Yeah, my friend, my friend. Boom! She gets <laughs> just just hit from the back level. What is going on? Shayna Baszler comes yes. out. Shayna Baszler knocks out Sasha Banks. Looking bad gets in the ring. Right. Throws Nikki Cross's side. Then goes right to, to Bailey. Takes her out. Um, you know, jacket off everything. Like, you know, just, just looking badass, like you said. Um, and it was, and no one saw that. I mean, I didn't see that coming. I won't say no one saw it coming, but I did not see I did not see that coming. Yeah, I would, was, I, you know, I, I would have been. I was thinking about even before we got around Survivor Series. I'm like, man, it would be cool if NXT did some type of invasion thing, but that would never happen, right? Because they did at Crown Jewel, they did show an advertisement where the first time ever it was going to be Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But at no point did I think to myself, oh, this is what's going to happen on SmackDown. Yep. And part of the reason why all of this was happening the way it was is because a lot of the, the superstars, most of the superstars, got stuck in Saudi Arabia. They weren't the, there were travel issues basically. So you know, with with most of the roster gone, you still got to have a show. So this was kind of an interesting way to incorporate the invasion storyline and fill out the show mm-hmm. uh, at the same time. Um, so you know, I guess taking some a bad situation and turn that into a positive is what they did, and it worked out to their favor. Um, which actually, just as a side note, what was kind of funny about all of that is everybody, not one person that was on the Saudi show was at SmackDown except for Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Talk about being connected yeah. or just being private you know, jet. That's what you oh had. <laughs> this dude, seriously, they're like, oh, the whole ride right with the team. No, nah, I don't do that, man. I got, <laughs> got my own, got my own jet. Dude, he couldn't have taken, you know, Seth Rollins with him, Roman Reigns with him. Like, you know, just say, hey, hit your ride. Like, no, 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 no. This is for me. This is for me. Paul Heyman is lucky. Paul Heyman is lucky. I'm even taking him. Like, like, Right, yeah. He's lucky to come along. Dude, so so that's how Brock rolls, I guess. Yes. No one one else can get outside, but he didn't. Brock Lesnar can. He got paid. He dipped. Oh, my goodness. Let's go, Paul. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so I just had to mention that, but um, you know, back to back to this the storyline. So yeah, just you know, taking a bad situation, turn it into a positive. You have uh, Shayna Baszler showing up, and then it's just like one after another, mm-hmm. like another NXT superstar shows up, um, and it's just like this this thing where you're like, wow, this is re- this was amazing. Like the joke, it was funny because my my brother texted me because I hadn't seen SmackDown when it had first happened. And he's like, did you see SmackDown? And I'm like, no, I haven't seen SmackDown. He was like, oh, it was the greatest SmackDown of all time. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. I, and, and hearing that, I was like, oh, so you're telling me it was shit and I, I should just like like not worry about it. You're being sarcastic. And he's right. like, no, actually, you know, funny enough, I'm not being sarcastic. This is like legit. It's <laughs> one of the greatest SmackDowns of all time. So I'm you like, thought no your brother way. was trolling you at first. I thought I was getting trolled. I thought, I, was getting trolled. <laughs> I thought he was kind of telling me like, yeah, it was it was shitty. But I'm just, you know, going to go ahead and say, you know, it, in this way to be sarcastic. And I'm like, no, nah, no way. But then so. 
you know, when, when we talked about it and he said that, I was like, hmm, okay, let me let me check this out. And then by the end of it, I was sitting there telling other people, yeah, go ahead and check it out. It was the greatest SmackDown of all time. Um, and yeah. that, that was kind I, of I text you, see if you watch it, you text yeah. you, it hasn't. I didn't want to set the bar because right. I hate, even when they say don't spoil me, I'm one of those guys that say, uh, like, I hate spoilers about movies. Like, if you even tell me about the story of it, I don't want to hear nothing. Yeah. Right, like even if I say like, man, it's the greatest SmackDown of all time. I'm already setting the expectation for you. Right, right <laughs> so right, right. I I just wanted to see if you watched. If you didn't, I, I remain radio silent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I, I do appreciate. I do appreciate my. And again, my my brother, we we talk back and forth with these things, and he he knows how to you know give me the information in a way that will either make me want to see it and kind of pique my Got interest it. and especially if it's something good like he's just like he'll just throw that little nugget out there and i'm yeah. just like hmm okay let me check it out so it didn't work because i watched it immediately when he said that like, wow <laughs> he wasn't you wasn't kidding yeah what the hell is going on dude because smackdown man it was whoo it was fire yeah, it was yeah that SmackDown fire. was crazy. Just with that main event with Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan, which when that was set, man, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. This is happening. I thought I was and, dreaming. I thought, like, man, I got to wake up. I know. And, where, where, where my alarm at? This is this is a dream. Yeah. This, this is not happening. This is not. No, not Adam Cole and, <laughs> and Daniel Bryan. Not for the NXT Championship. Not for the main cool. event on SmackDown on Friday. Not, not on Fox, their new network. <laughs> Oh, I'm waking up right now. Somebody <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, he said we're putting the NXT championship on the line. I'm like, what is happening? What is what is No, no, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was amazing, like seeing that that matchup come together. It was. Um and then uh yeah, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, showed up and he was on Miss TV and they had their their face to face and then they had their matchup and that was really cool. Um, yeah, Rhea Ripley show up. It was just, it was just man, left and right, man. It was great. Just, just, I, I enjoyed this everything. Even the whole setup for the whole Adam Cole and uh, Daniel Bryan match when they, when Daniel Bryan met with Triple H and Shawn Michaels, how they met in mm. that little on the backstage, and they're all setting up. How they had the whole, uh, they setting the whole story up, and Daniel Bryan's asking him, like, "Man, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, I'm just at home. You know, it's just." Watching Crown Jewel, you was watching Crown Jewel. It's like, hey, you know, I stop by and see what's going on. Well, it's, he said it sounded like someone was calling us out. Oh yeah, it yeah. sounded like someone was was calling us out. So we decided to show up and see, see, you know, like basically, you know, just answering the call. Like, okay, let's see. And so, oh, you want to fight? Like, you picking? You want to fight? Well, how about how about I fight you? Because I'm looking for a fight too. So how about me and you fight? Like Daniel Bryan is saying that to Triple H. And Triple H and Daniel Bryan kind of look at each other. You could hear the crowd in the background. They're, like, getting hyped up, you know, which I was surprised. I wasn't yeah. sure that the crowd would be hyped up still to see Triple H I guess H they still Daniel remember Bryan. the story, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, my God, are we going to see? And even me, I was thinking to myself, like, wait, did Triple H fight Daniel Bryan? Did that happen? Like, I, in my, then I, they started to get me. I'm like, is this about to happen? Yeah. And then Triple H is like, well, you know, um, I actually don't have my gear. You know, I'm not really ready to compete. Yeah, and Shawn like, Michaels like in the background. <laughs> Shawn Michaels in the background taking uh, off his jacket. And I and, and, and I started standing up right there. I, I stood like, up right away, man. I was like, hold up. No, they ain't about to do this. Like, Shawn Michaels is about to fight. And then Shawn is like, ooh, it's cold in here. Let me. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and put that jacket back on, man. Put, put that jacket back on. Yeah. <laughs> Just go put that jacket back on. 
Um, he's like, why don't you fight this guy? And I'm like, who uh, is it going to be? And it's Adam. Oh, my God. Adam Cole shows up. I'm like, Looking like a million bucks with man, that sly smile. Just, there was just the face off and everything. <laughs> it was great. He didn't. All he said to him was boom. Just like right before yes. they cut to commercial after that, man. I'm like, wow, this is. This is amazing. This is amazing. And, you know, I'm usually nervous about, uh, at least these days I am, when, uh, when an NXT superstar shows up in WWE, ever since they did it with Johnny Gargano and uh, Ciampa and Aleister yeah. Black and Ricochet, because it was like kind of a mixed thing. I'm always nervous about how a crowd is going to react. Um, a, a WWE, like a casual fan crowd is going to react. Mm-hmm. But there were enough hardcore fans there. <sighs> On that SmackDown, yes. where when Adam Cole did his entrance and he did uh, the boom, boom and Adam Cole baby, yes. like they got into it and it just gave me chills. I was like, yes, this is I, I this must, is awesome. I probably repeated that segment alone like 15 times. Man. So I could just hear the crowd say, boom, and Adam Man. Cole baby. Now, the, now on Monday, that crowd on, was it no, New that York? Sucked. That sucked. That was terrible. I was pissed. God, I was pissed off. The 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 fact they were silent on on the baby, dude. Ah, bro, I was. You guys don't deserve this. They don't don't. deserve it. (laughs) Never again. I'm marking that down. If I'm if I'm an executive for WWE, like nope, nope, (laughs) this crowd will never get this again. (laughs) They got to prove it to us in the future, man. Deserve this. That was terrible. Yeah, I was I was upset about that. Yeah. Cause come on now, like just they're they're giving you gold. Like the things that we ask for, you know, the things that you want to see from the WWE. When you finally get it, man, it's like if they if that crowd acts like that, you're just like, oh man, they're just gonna yeah. think that the crowd doesn't want this, and they're gonna go back to the other BS that we see. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, oh my, yeah. So that was that was frustrating. Yeah. That was really frustrating. But Adam Cole and, and Daniel Bryan they had a freaking five-star match yes storytelling was awesome how daniel bryan bro i love how he slowed it down Mm -hmm. and doing these crazy submissions the submissions Submissions, back-to-back submissions when he kept looking at triple h too and it was kind of like that story they were telling he's looking dead in his eyes he's pointing to adam cole he doesn't belong in the ring with me i'm like oh my god you want to be a champion kick you want to be a champion another kick i was like oh my this is this is disrespect from daniel bryan man he was just like man and i'm thinking in my head too like when he when he mentioned that he wanted to go for the nxt title i'm like what if he wins is he gonna go to nxt what what, what happens but like my my mind was going like a million miles a second bro it was so good. That's what I'm saying. It was just, and, and, and just the little things, like Triple H, you can tell he was rooting so hard oh, for Adam Cole to win this man. match. Like, every time it looked like he was about to lose, like, he would just get up out of his seat. Yeah. He's like, come on, come on, come on, Adam. You know, and just Even like, I got finally, scared because we've seen Adam Cole tap before. So, this, like, yeah. we're, not, we're not new to this. Especially Daniel Bryan. Like, it, it would be no shame, really, to tap to it, Daniel it would. Bryan. It you would. know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, it was it was it was close. A couple times it was close. You're like, it's just when it when he did the label lock and the the the, the close up was on Adam Cole's face. I'm like, ooh, this might be it. He <laughs> might legit lose the belt yeah. right now. Even when he um, had him in the label lock, and then Adam got close enough, he's getting ready to reach for the rope. And he bent, and his, he bent his arm. Yeah. He took that arm. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah. <laughs> Where you going? <laughs> I was like, like, no, this is it. This yes, I'm like, oh, he's going to tap now. He's tapping. He's tapping. Oh, man. Then he made it with his foot. I was like, oh, my God. This is too much. 
Oh, oh, this is too man. much. I don't know how much my heart can take. <laughs> but then, yeah, then the sequence at the end where Adam Cole finally got uh, on him and just, just move after move, last shot, one, two, three, I jumped up. I was yes. like, hell yeah. Because yes. I just wanted so bad to see Adam Cole and get that respect to say he got that win over Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. Uh, then they all came out. Yeah. Like, we are NXT. You want a war. You build an army. I'm like, this is this is awesome. So that was just a perfect night, man. Like, it was really, really amazing. It was. Um, I had no yeah, complaints just, about that show. Like, no, not at all. I mean, like you said, the raw, the raw crowd, you know, it was dead compared by comparison. Yeah. That, But that SmackDown crowd really brought it, man. It was kudos to them for sure. Most definitely. Um, so, yeah, just in general now. So NXT Invasion Angle, like, I, I'm enjoying it, I'll say. Like, just in general, like, I, I like the idea of this war, this like battle between the brands. I love that NXT is getting the respect of being an actual brand. I mean, Tommaso Ciampa brought it up to say like, hey, you know, people ask me, uh, used to ask me like, when are you moving up to the main roster? And then he, it was when uh, the OC were on NXT. Yes. And he's uh, like, well, guess what, guys? Welcome to the main roster. And they're on NXT. I clapped on Dude. that. I clapped. Yes. Yes. I was clapped. I was like, bravo, Tommaso. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. Effing oh, because <laughs> <laughs> that's the way. Like we've been saying it. Like I'm sure many fans have thought it to themselves and said it out loud. You know that NXT, it's the gold standard. It's better than Raw. It's better than SmackDown. It deserves that respect. It the does. idea that Raw and SmackDown is being seen as the main roster when it, when takeovers are doing better than WWE pay per views. Back to back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. Like, it's just disrespectful to say, like, oh, that's the minor leagues and WWE is the main like, roster. No. The, re- the, the reason why your women's division is top notch is because of NXT. Because of NXT. You know what exactly. I'm saying? I'll say it. You know, I'll give, yes. you know, all the, the, you know, the past women their dues. Oh, like, 100%. you know, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but like, you know, Becky Lynch, Sasha, the four ho- horse women. You know yeah. they, the way that they was the just, resurgence. Yeah, that was they, the resurgence. They, that's what they did. And now yeah. they're now you got Becky Lynch, the face of the company, man, because she's top. She's top wrestler, yep. not just what, just not just not top female wrestler. Top wrestler. Top period. wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, look, like AJ Lee, for instance, when she was champion, like AJ Lee was killing him, but she didn't really have much competition. She really didn't. And then Paige came up, and finally yeah. she had somebody. You know, but then when the four horsewomen came up, that changed everything. It did. You know, then the women's evolution, the women's revolution, like really, like got kicked off. And you're like, oh my god! And and the, you could feel the crowd was waiting. Like, okay, this needs to happen. Like these four women, and Bailey got left out in that first first run, but she did. These these four women are really like they need to be on Raw, on SmackDown, to really elevate that women's division. Because, my God, they are putting on matches on NXT. Like, when, when Bayley went against uh, Sasha um, at that takeover, was Sasha's last takeover. Just amazing. Like, a classic matchup. One of the best matches the best, I've yes. seen. Not just women's match, but one of the best matches, period. You know? Like, just the emotion in the match, the back-and-forth nature of it. It was just amazing. So, um, yeah. I mean, your, your point exactly. Like, just, just the, the, the four horsemen, women just... They have elevated that women's division. For they sure. have, they have. They're like they elevated to a, a whole nother level. Well, the women are viewed as as just as t- just as as high as the men. Like there's no difference. Yeah, man, and just kind of um, you know continuing on with that theme for the for the women's division. So this 
this uh, invasion angle that they've been doing in Survivor Series matchup, the one that's building right now for mm-hmm. the women is going to be the triple threat match between the SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley, the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch, and the NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler, which, again, the buildup for that, I mean, we talked about a little bit, Shayna Baszler coming out and putting the, the boots to both Sasha and, and Bayley. Uh, we've seen Becky Lynch and, and Shayna Baszler face-to-face during an interview, which was really cool, um, just kind of them, like, you know, introducing themselves to each other. Uh, Becky Lynch calling out the fact that she, you know, her uh, Shayna's bestie, Ronda, you know, she took her out, and she's going to take her out, too. Uh, Shayna Baszler saying, I'm not Ronda Rousey, which was kind of an interesting <laughs> quote because Ronda Rousey's a badass. So, I mean, you know, I, it, you saying you're not Ronda Rousey, I feel like in one sense, is it really you saying you're better than Ronda to say you're not Ronda yeah, Rousey? Yeah. Or, like, you, know, like, so. you could take that either way. Either way. Either right? way. Yep. So that's where I was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know if that really. Because the way she said it, too, she was like, I'm not Ronda. <laughs> right like so yeah maybe you're not as good you know like that could that could be what becky lynch could have retorted with right mm-hmm. but um you know for me i mean shana baszler is a beast in her own right you know what i'm saying and that's what she's trying to say so i t- totally understood but in a in a in a playing devil's advocate again you could flip that easily and just be like well yeah maybe you know you're not as good as ronda rousey and in fact you are not ronda rousey because <laughs> ronda rousey is the baddest woman on the planet so yeah but um, so that was kind of a funny moment in it. But beyond that, I thought that that whole segment back and forth between the two of them was really cool. Just seeing them face to face like that. Um, yeah, I thought was. Becky, yeah, her promo there was just like was was cold and just Man. cut straight to Trash it. Trash talking just on on ten on twenty. Yep. I'm not sure if I if, if I don't really know who you are, but I'm not sure if I should respect you or I should slap the head off of you. I was she like, sounded mm, like a boss, like a gangster, did. bro. And that's that's, that's like somebody coming up to you and somebody just like 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 who like who the hell is it? who is this guy who is this guy who is this guy huh somebody come get him <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was cool man I was like when for some reason when because Shayna Baszler when she said her thing I was with it I'm like okay like this is Shayna Shayna being Shayna right yeah and when Becky leaned in I'm like okay which what way is is Becky gonna go and am I gonna like this you know I was a little bit nervous about what Becky was getting ready mm-hmm. to say. And as soon as she's because, again, I think there are some people who maybe have a little bit of fatigue of Becky Lynch. I mean, let's just go ahead and say it like there's there there's a little bit of that, too, for her. Not as bad as with with uh, Seth Rollins, but just in general, prior to this, I think there was a little bit of fatigue with Becky. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there was when they was trying to when they was doing that whole pairing with Seth Rollins. And ever since they separated from that, it's been better. It's been better. She's been on this, you know, incline. Right, that's true. That's true, um, but yeah, like I, I, I had a little bit of anxiety when she leaned in, and then she leaned in and she delivered that line about you know not knowing whether to to respect her or slap the head off of her, and I was like, oh okay, I'm in. Here we go. <laughs> this is Becky. This is the man. Let's do this. Right. So and she kept going. I'm like, all right, all right, I like this. So um, I'm really hyped up for this matchup. And the funny, the other funny part about this is. So you're having this face-to-face between these two, right? And they're both saying, you know, and I'm not going to ignore Bailey, but I just want you to know that I'm going to pin you or tap you. And basically, <laughs> Becky did the same thing. Yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking, man, Bailey's got to be pissed right That's now. what I'm saying, bro. I'm like, oh, man, they just treating like Bailey like she is just not relevant. <laughs> nope. Like, which has been her whole storyline. Yes. Right? Like, it fits yes. Bailey's story the it whole does. time she's been trying that's to be relevant. Her, that's her heel turn now? Yep. Yep. 
So it's perfect. So it's perfect. It fits her perfectly. I love it for her. Um, her moment recently on this uh, NXT, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but you know, she she made it known that she should be respected by what she did there. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just I'm digging the the women's side of this for sure with the with with the champions, the main champions for their shows uh, uh, going at it and, and building up the storyline. Um, now, I guess here's here's the question for you, and, and there's no right or wrong answer because we 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 can only we're fans. We're just kind of guessing here, but. Um, there is a thought that maybe, maybe possibly Ronda Rousey could play a part in this whole matchup mm. um, where she could, and, and this could be purely fan booking. I don't know, but it's something that I've talked to people about um, and I'm not sure if they're pulling it from rumors or whatever, because there's, there's the, the rumors out there that Ronda Rousey is coming back. And, you know, this or Royal Rumble kind of makes sense for her to make that return. Right. So my question to you would be, um, what are your thoughts on that, on potentially Ronda Rousey playing a part in this matchup and maybe helping Shayna Baszler win um, and setting up her matchup with, with uh, Becky coming up here, maybe at, say, Royal Rumble? Or do you think she should stay out of it and then wait until Royal Rumble? Like, what's your thoughts on that? I, I say that would make sense for uh, Ronda Rousey to get involved and kind of, you know, because, you know, like you said before, I think early in this episode after Survivor Series, pretty much everybody goes their separate ways. So just enjoy this good story, this good story, uh, good storytelling, getting Uh tongue tied, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, why it lasts. Cause right. Cause you know, when it's gone, it's gone. And so I get, I guess that'd be a good segue for Ronda Rousey to get involved and help Shannon Baszler win and go over, win by heel tactics. And then now, you know, uh, Ronda Rousey can get involved with Becky Lynch getting her title back. Yeah, I mean, I I am eager to see Ronda Rousey come back in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's her coming back here and helping Shayna Baszler win, cool. Like I'm cool with it. Um, and what you said is 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 perfect. Like you know, if this is the segue to you know them kind of making the move from the invasion angle to Becky's next story, then that that's great. And what a story that would be to tell that story of, of Becky and Rhonda. Like, I think that would be really cool. Um, the other side of this too, is I, I really, really do want to see Shayna Baszler win this to continue <laughs> to, to put NXT over and to put her over yeah. as legitimate in this way. Um, I would hate to see Becky win this matchup. I really would. You know, I think that Becky, um, is is she set and it 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 sure I think it helps her a little bit to win a matchup like this but I think that that uh, Shayna Baszler needs it more you know and I think if Bailey were to win somehow I'd be cool with that too but I think Shayna Baszler winning especially how they like she's been booked so strong I'm, I'm yeah. afraid she won't win and so you know I'm, I guess I'm kind of hoping that they find a way to make that work and with Ronda Rousey coming in and but or potentially coming so. in to do that, I think that'd be a great way to do right. it. Right, you and you get a lot of eyes on Shannon Baszler for that, and because involving uh, Ronda Rousey, you get, in a way you put that that spotlight on NXT that you want. So you get you know yes. your casual fans are always watching the big pay per views or just watching the Raw and SmackDown. Now they'll gravitate to NXT. Exactly. Exactly. I think they they need to use this 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 crossover basically, you know, to help 
get eyes on NXT, get more viewers for NXT. You know, that has to be the goal. What you can't do is go to Survivor Series and have all the NXT superstars <laughs> lose and bury them. No, because then what was no. the point exactly. of this? Exactly. And, you know, and, you know and, and plus, this is, you know, let, let, let's just be real. This is Triple H's baby. Yep. He is not going to let his dad do that. He, he, but here's the thing. Does his dad care? <laughs> 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 like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because that's his dad. So he can, at the end of the day, do what he wants. So if he doesn't care about NXT and he's just like, well, you know, I just want to build up SmackDown for Fox, you know, because that's where the money is. Then they may just go ahead and like that. That's my fear talking, right? Like I'm, I'm afraid of them potentially burying what we call the gold standard because it's not Raw or it's not SmackDown. You know what I'm saying? But then again, you know what's crazy? Why, I actually you know, thought about you asking me that question about the whole, like, can you see? And you're afraid about NXT getting squashed, yeah? Or can or you swept, swept, even losing every? And can you see him get yep. swept? I'm like, I'm like, if Hafiz thinks that, what can I say to kind of react that? Ah, you know, and yeah. it's Triple H's baby. But you said, does Dad care? Like, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know? it's his company at the end of the day. Yeah, because, again, we've seen what all of the call-ups have looked like, right? Like, most of these call-ups nowadays, you get nervous because the, they just they just mess it up. You know, yeah. they do something, they overproduce, they, they just, or they don't show up at all. They don't have them do anything when they do these call-ups. So, I don't know that, that Vince really cares necessarily about NXT like that. It's Triple H's baby. And when it's, when it's NXT's show and NXT's time, cool. But now at Survivor Series, they're on Vince's time. They're on WWE time. <laughs> so is that gonna be is that is this gonna be something where Vince is, is now invested in NXT's like success to that level where you know he's thinking of because in my opinion, this whole thing needed to be if the reason why you're doing this needed to be yeah. to build up NXT. You know, to Well they get had a clean on sweep NXT. on that on that SmackDown. They did. They did, and maybe that's what he'll think. Oh, okay. Well, we gave them SmackDown. Damn it, We're giving them Raw. <laughs> so it's at Survivor Series, though. We need to give Seth Rollins the win in the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown versus Team NXT match. You know, we need to give Becky Lynch the win against Shayna Baszler and and Bailey. You know, we need now. Who knows what happens in the because there's the Intercontinental Championship match. Uh, um, Roddy versus AJ Styles versus Shinsuke. Okay. That one. That could be true. That could be true. But he may give that. But yeah. I will say it like, but dead. I got this other company I'm going against. AEW. We're, we're losing right. the rating wars. I need ratings. Right. You want the right. ratings? Bring. I got I to gotta get some wins in Survivor Series, dead. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's And. I'm in agreement with you that it cannot be a sweep. It can't. I think there'll, there'll it, be it, some. It will bury yeah. the brand. Yeah. Yeah, and it's already going against uh, another another company wrestling promotion. Yeah. Yep, yeah, you you've got to mix in the wins. You've yeah, got to mix in the wins. You've got to make it make sense for NXT to look strong in all of the losses too. Like you just have to to. This is a situation where you need to protect that brand specifically. NXT needs to get pushed in this whole scenario. If you make them look yeah. weak in any way, the casual fans will just write them off, and then when it gets to Wednesday. Why am I watching if all of these Man, guys just we, lose to Ron? We're about to anyway. find out what type of protection that Triple H can offer to his NXT roster for Survivor yeah. Series. Exactly. This is going to tell us a lot about it what the bigger picture holds for NXT and what what they think of it. Because yeah, if they go out there and get swept, then we know like it's it's 
they don't really care. Like, like Vince doesn't care for sure. And, you know, it's it just, I don't know. I, I, I question this whole Wednesday Night Wars even, you know, like that the, they just won't, they don't really have that support from, you know, Vince and then the rest, if that's the case. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But this, this, the way it's been working and the way that I see it, it, it just feels like you do this, you include NXT because you want to establish NXT is legitimate. And so yes. what you what you do is you you give them wins at just as much as you'll give Raw wins. Raw will get their wins. SmackDown will get their wins. But NXT really has to shine on this one because right. they're the ones. They're the new one. They're the ones that you know they're moving up for the first time and being respected as the as a as a main uh, roster in its own right. So yeah, you just you have to give them that respect. Right. You, you can't have a brand that just have not have any wins. No, that just that just can't happen. It just cannot happen. Um, like they did and, that to SmackDown, you know, because yeah. they didn't count. Was it last? It was yeah, yeah. last oh. year, and they did that to New See, Day. Now here you go. I'm not. I'm just. I, I'm just bringing up. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, you're, you're the one that's the catalyst right now, yeah. getting my brain going. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot that they actually went and said, "Well, Raw had a clean sweep," and it took the New Day to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." I forget, did everyone forget that that we won our match up at this thing? <laughs> what are you talking about, clean sweep? Oh man! So you know what? A pre-show match. Oh gosh, I can see this happening now. Like a pre-show match, oh, NXT man. wins that, but everything else goes to either SmackDown or Raw. Probably SmackDown in this situation because it's Fox. But um, golly, that would be terrible. That would be yeah, because they can't they awful. can't throw one one of those matches. Shit, they yeah. could throw that AJ Styles. In. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, oh my God, how terrible would that be? Really, none of those I matches. Be that I would be pissed. I'm like, yeah. why would you do that? You can't. You, you that would be terrible. You, to put any of those matchups that they've mentioned so far on pre-show would be awful. I mean, I have Roderick Strong, Nakamura, AJ Styles. Right? You have three champions against each other. That has to be on the main card. You've got the New Day. You've got Undisputed Era, and you've got the Viking Raiders, all tag team champions. You got to put that on the main card. You've got Bailey, Becky, Shayna. We're not even talking about that. It's Becky Lynch. They're putting it on the main yeah, card. Yeah, that's main um, card. Yeah, it's main card. And then Team Raw versus Team SmackDown versus Team NXT. The way this is is shaping out, by the way, it's, it feels like Adam Cole is going to captain Team NXT and he's not going to be in a matchup with, like, say, The Fiend or, I mean, he's definitely not in a matchup no, with no. Brock because Brock is, right. doing, is, is fighting um, Rey Mysterio. Um, now, so in all of those, they, they would have to come up with something else to do as pre-show that we haven't seen yet. And fine, I guess that's okay. But um, all of these matchups, all of the champions need to be on the main card, period. That just needs to happen. Um, it was something I was just thinking about now. Oh, The Fiend. So we have yet to have The Fiend really be a part of this. But The Fiend, what, what did The Fiend do this week? He had jumped some, It was Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, Bryan. yeah. yeah. Can remember, he so, said he doesn't forget. So Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend. Fiend at at Survivor Series, I I think so, maybe, possibly. Okay, okay, because okay, so let's let's talk about that a little bit. Basically, it was um, Sami Zayn was trying to recruit Daniel Bryan onto his his new faction, his new faction yeah. or stable, whatever they are, with Cesaro <laughs> and Shinsuke Nakamura. Sami Zayn faction, uh, right? We'll figure out a name for that. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out. Yeah. 
god, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, it is what it is. So um, they won their matchup. Daniel Bryan went out there. He was watching them win. Fine, they were celebrating. Uh, she, um, Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan talking in the back. And uh, Sami Zayn's like, look, you know, the guys were a little bit upset that you didn't come in and celebrate with us. So I feel like you should have celebrated. I feel like, you know, you don't want to do the yes movement anymore. So just join us, join us. And then the lights cut out in the, in the locker room area. Lights cut back on. And it wasn't the red light. It was the red light. It there? was the red light. The red <laughs> light came. And then Sami Zayn dipped. He was like, oh, and, t- and just jetted. And, you know, and, and Daniel Brown was like, what the hell? Turned around and got jumped. Yep, that happened. So, um, it was, it was, I'm just torn on how I feel about it. I feel like it, I, I should be super, really excited about it. I wasn't excited but, about the jump. Like, I wasn't like, oh my God, he's choking out. It was just, I, I felt, huh, out. You know what? I didn't, I didn't really have it, a reaction yeah. to it. That's that's yeah. that was my reaction. I didn't have a reaction to it. I felt kind of numb to it. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same. I feel the same on it. I feel like I should have been like, "Oh my god, this is amazing. Like they're going to face off, whatever." But yeah, no. I just felt like okay, that happened, you know, and and that was it. You know, it just it had didn't have that much of an impact. So, I think we're what we're kind of uncovering here is is with the fiend right now, and, and and now now, do you think that's more about the fiend? Do you think that's about Daniel Bryan? Like, why do you think that happened? That is like I think that's no more about the really. fiend and and the times we we've, we've seen this already. How many times we've seen this? Hmm. So you know, I, I think that's the problem too with WWE. They're they're making these like if we didn't see too many times how he just jumped people and and you hear the music and now we got the red light now. You know, can't forget about the red light. <laughs> Make sure you get yeah. the red light no matter what room I am. If I'm in the bathroom, I'm with the red light. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's gonna happen, man. Just oh, uh, he could be he could jump somebody in the car, just the red light. <laughs> red light's in the car. <laughs> like where's this red light come from? <laughs> Did they do that with the boogeyman? I feel like the boogeyman had a red light too. Or like some kind of lighting thing. Did that he would carry when the something? Would show up. I thought he carried thought like, like some type of light lantern or something. Was it, was it lantern? Something? But I feel like there was a lighting ch- because the boogeyman sometimes too would jump people like in in like in the back or in people's offices and stuff like that. I feel like the, there was a lighting change that happened with the boogeyman. Um, I think I think you're right about that. That sounds I have to about go right. back and look at it. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, definitely they would play his, his music everywhere. Like, even oh, if he yeah. was in the back, you would hear that music start playing. And everyone's like, oh, oh what's going on? <laughs> you know, like, Boogeyman's around here somewhere. Like, where's that music coming from? Let's talk about that. Like, <laughs> the speaker is piping in this music? He's got, like, a boombox on his back that's playing this music? Like, where is this coming oh, from? Oh, man. So, yeah. So, they, yeah. That, that's, again, I think what, what, what we're uncovering is, yeah, with The Fiend now, with it's it's getting a little bit old with yeah. the way that they're. I think they're it's doing better the, in small doses. Yeah, and, and, like and, and WWE doesn't know how to do that. They'll just you know milk it, squeeze it. You know I'm gonna keep on turning this turnip and squeeze how much I can get out of it until I just feel we're like not gonna care anymore, bro. They. The the fiend just should not have been fighting for the championship when he was. Ah, you yeah. know, like I just feel like they should have just held off on that for a lot longer. Yeah, you know, I would have. That loved was the wrong to, like, move. Yeah, just have have him. 
you know, first of all, we don't get to see The Fiend until pay-per-views. That that should have been a thing, just just The Fiend only at pay-per-views. Maybe once in a while, The Fiend shows up on one of the shows and jumps somebody, jumps a legend or yeah. something, fine. That That is what it is in the ring. But to have the Firefly Funhouse to kind of build him up and, like, tease who that next person is going to be that he's going to attack or something. And then at these pay-per-views is when you see the entrance and you see, you know, the, the, the matches and kind of build up to it for a while. And then after a year of just, like, just terrorizing people, then it's like, okay, The Fiend is going to be in a matchup for the championship. Holy shit. The Fiend is fighting over the title? What is that going to be like? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, just because now just you didn't build up an appetite for it. Yeah, just, now he's champion. Yeah, he's, he just—it's like it just he, it almost track. like he just started, yeah. and now he's champion. And now I'm already anticipating when he loses. They, so they put themselves in this corner, man. Yeah, you know this booking corner. I didn't—I didn't get it. I thought he just could have went, like you said, man. This slow build approach, you know, yeah. just attacking legend after legend. You know, even I mean, it could be a new rookie or whatever, man. But he's just taking this time before he set his sights on the championship yeah i mean and and just to go back a little bit too because when we were talking about crown jewel like just my feelings on on that whole situation yeah i'm i'm i was happy for bray wyatt the person being champion again i think that's really cool right um i think that in a way they did redeem him a little bit um with having him win um and just like at the very end of that matchup, like uh, he got, it looked like he he got thrown into this thing and it, everything blew up yeah. and there were sparks and everything. Possibly and electrocution. He, possibly electrocution. Yeah. Seth Rollins is is you know nearing over there. Then a spark or something goes in his eye. He's oh my eye, my eye. Which I'm like they could have done without that. But whatever. <laughs> he he sits on the one of the boxes and. And uh, the camera is, like, facing up, and you see Seth Rollins in the foreground. In the background, the Fiend stands up. And it was kind of a cool shot because it's like, oh, shit, like, he's done. Like, Seth is finished now. And sure enough, that was pretty much the end of the matchup. Sister Abigail, one, two, three. Um, so all of that I thought was was cool. Red light withstanding. I still hate that, but I thought, okay, I'm happy he won. Um, but... Now we're in this Daniel Bryan situation, yeah, and I feel numb. And I think, like you said, it just it it's it's showing itself. Like I felt I numb they, to the attack, not to to the to the possible story. So let me clarify on that. Like you know, I, I'm just I am you know interested of what they can do with this story with the whole Daniel because they do have history together, Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan. But that whole attack, when the Fiend attack with the whole red light, uh, it was completely no reaction to that. I guess, I, I guess I'll just say it. I am I'm a little disheartened that Daniel Bryan's having the storyline with the Fiend because I was actually really excited about what he had done with Adam Cole and Triple H. Yeah. That I feel like there was a more interesting storyline going that way. Now I hear what you're saying that there is history there. I mean, he was a part of the Wyatt family for a little bit, so they've they've got that history. Um, and he said, you know, I never forget, you know, the, he doesn't forget. So that, that I, I hear what you're saying, but I just, we, we, we know where this is going, right? Like Daniel Bryan is going to lose this matchup. Um, Fiend is going to no sell. Nothing Daniel <laughs> Bryan is going to do is going to work, you know, when he's going to lose. Like, it's just, it's, it's really at the end of it. It's not that as interesting to me as say you, you make know, it Daniel sound so Bryan. repetitive. Like that's what's going to happen. Like it every, every Fiend match. All right. No sell, no but, sell. 
All right, chop. But that, that's it. We saw it. We, Happy back sister back. Abigail. <laughs> exactly. Man of McClaw, I'm done. That's it. Done. That's how. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, it feels like that is exactly what we're going to get with the Fiend, and they've just because we've 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 seen now three Fiend matches, and you know he's champion, and it's like there's no other way this can go because we again he can't get pinned or submitted or you've just killed the character completely yeah like that doesn't work unless you're going to start having bray wyatt russell as bray wyatt because maybe that helps you know maybe the fiend is a character just like the demon that you use that's what i said i I said that many episodes ago i'm like maybe they should do like you know use his alter ego i think that's a bad idea you know mr rogers yeah because that would because that would make him fresh again. It would. Honestly, it would freshen him up because right now he's starting to get a little bit repetitive and it's going to start to feel stale after a while if they keep going with it. So if you just bring in the Mr. Rogers one and have him maybe try to wrestle like that and then win some matches like that and still be kind of terrifying as Mr. Rogers, but then have the Fiend be this character like in these big situations where it's like, exactly. oh, he's unbeatable now. But maybe the Fiend would come out in spurts, like little spurts. Mm-hmm. He'll come out when he's, you know, when Bray Wyatt is, is as the other alter ego, the Mr. Rogers neighborhood one. Exactly. I, I think, you know, the, the just like with, with um, Finn Balor, in the biggest moments where he's going against his toughest obstacle or opponent or whatever, that's when you need to bring out the big guns. You know, and that's when I think we should see The Fiend. If I saw The Fiend three times in a year, in a match, maybe the fiend shows up to jump somebody. Let's say, but wrestling, the fiend wrestles maybe three times a like year. Like every takeover would be, yeah. Like I, I would be okay with that, you know. Like I would be okay with the, the fiend just showing up every once in a while. But well, you know, like, every- it's funny that you mentioned that because that's how Finn Balor was basically when he was in NXT as the Demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would just come out for every takeover. They didn't really overproduce it. They made it. He made it feel special. I guess what I'm saying, though, is you could even skip some pay-per-views, right? Like, not because in every takeover, I guess, to your point, I see what you're saying. Every takeover is like, every you know, we have four, yeah. right, maybe four takeovers in a year, four, five, maybe, because they're, they're starting to do more now. But, um, but yeah, exactly, like that frequency, you know, that we would see The Fiend maybe three or four times a year for, the, like, the big four pay-per-views, let's say. But the other ones, you know, we, we wouldn't see The Fiend. We would just see Bray Wyatt as Mr. Rogers wrestling and defending his title or whatever, you know. So I think that would be a better way to, to, to mix it up a little bit um, because it, The Fiend, again, is just so OP that it really is, like, it's going to be repetitive. You're like, you just know what's going to happen. But to have that be in situations where... Like, okay, Bray has been having this tough feud with somebody and we're really irritated with that heel character and we just want to see that heel character lose to Bray. And Bray's like, well, he's coming, you know, and, or the lights go out and we see the, the, the Titantron say, let me in. We're like, oh, he's bringing the Fiend. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> like, you can be excited again for the like, to see that, yeah. you know? So I I think, yeah, that that's a great idea, man, to just have him be that other just be Bray Wyatt be Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt for some of your matches too like show like when he was going to have that interview with the Miz I'm really curious what they were going to do was he that was be probably there? the only down part about you know I was about the Smackdown I thought I was going to get I was just looking forward to that whole segment the Miz yeah. and Bray Wyatt that was the only thing 
but we we got a whole totally new you know NXT invasion angle. So I was which was cool. Which was but totally yeah, that's great. But I, I'm I'm with you there. I was curious because I, I'm I mean, on one hand, maybe what they would have done is had like some version of the Firefly Funhouse or just him on a Titantron, maybe. But I don't you know. know. I, that I, thought, been I thought maybe he would have been you know in the ring with the Miz getting yes. interviewed. To clarify, like that's what I was expecting. Now we're expecting that, but maybe they go another way and say, okay, he's on. A, which I would have been disappointed if they would have done that. If they would have had him on the Titantron and doing the interview that way yeah. with the Miz, I would have been disappointed. Like what I was hoping for was in that sweater, in that Mister Rogers sweater, he would have <laughs> strolled out to the ring, sat down, and had a conversation with the Miz. That would have been oh my god that would have been hilarious to see just to see him in his mannerisms like how he is on the Fire, firefly funhouse right. but doing that during miss tv just to see him like, interact with the miz and, and miz interact yeah. with bray wyatt just uh I, I was just i was just curious just like you yeah. curious how that all would have went down exactly exactly so hopefully we get that man like i i really like that idea and i think it, it would just make him fresh you know it would it would it would hope make it special for us to see the fiend by just like spreading it out a little bit and then just having this Bray Wyatt, the human character Bray Wyatt, be more prevalent um, as a character. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for that. Right now, it's just he's just OP and he's just untouchable. It made me think, all right, now you might as well just put him on Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, and and that's another thing too. So to to we're getting close to the end of our of our talk here about the invasion angle, but um, one thing that I feel like I'm missing in this is the men's version of the Bailey, Becky, and Shayna Baszler matchup. You know, Brock, uh, Adam Cole, and the Fiend. Now, I think there's a part of me too that knows that that probably wouldn't go well. No. Honestly, that I don't like the Visually, idea of Adam Cole it would being not look good to me. It was just, yeah. it was like, so just think about it. You got, yeah. you got on one hand, you got the fiend for representing SmackDown all in the, in the mask and everything. I'm pretty sure. Cause he's going to come as the fiend. And then right. you got Brock Lesnar looking like a monster, like a beast, just destroying people in 2.5 seconds. Right. And then you got Adam Cole <laughs> right in the dead center, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, just five ten, five eleven. <laughs> it's all in red light. It has to all be in red light right. because you know it's this the fiend. So, like he yeah. doesn't need to be in that situation, man. I care but about I, but, his health, that, you know. But I'm missing. I care about his health. <laughs> oh Jesus! You know, it's I, I, I got to bring this up since you said it because I don't want to forget later on NXT. It was hilarious to me how because Rod, um, who was it? Roderick. It was Keith Lee. Yeah. yeah, Keith Lee was challenging Adam Cole to a match right there, and Roderick Strong was like, "Shut your mouth." You shut your mouth out of uh, oh, He's like, Adam Cole has just had the craziest stretch, the craziest two weeks. He deserves time off. <laughs> I was, like, I, oh I was gonna God. bring this up later too, but I was like, why is Roderick always on ten? No it's matter so, what. It's so, <laughs> I was like, why? Where is this all this coming from? Coming from oh, like he was like, Keith Lee was just directly talking to, <laughs> to Adam, Adam Cole. Cole and he just said no. he was like shut up shut your mouth shut, shut your mouth Keith Lee <laughs> this man deserves a night off <laughs> like calm down buddy alright calm down oh boy that was great that was great so just to, 
you just made me think of that. I'm like, I have to bring this up because I just yeah. want to make sure we don't miss this. Oh, I'm glad but, you um, did. <laughs> yeah. You did. Oh my goodness. But um, so yeah, back back to this matchup. Yeah, I just I I in a way I wish we could somehow some way see all three champions together. But this collection of three champions wouldn't be those three, you know. So it's just we got to make the best of the situation we have, I guess. Yeah. So. I don't. I don't think they're doing the wrong thing necessarily with the people they have the, that they have the belts on. I just. I guess. I wish they wouldn't have done it. I wish it wouldn't. It wasn't. You know, Brock and 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 the Fiend as champions. I guess I'm. That's what I'm saying. You know. Maybe if <sighs> Seth Rollins was. If it was Seth Kofi and Adam Cole. Oh that my great. God, bro! You know. Now, now we're talking. Okay. Now, now yeah. I'll be like, all right. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that triple threat now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But since you know we got two superpowers for two mega gods and just a regular human yeah. being, <laughs> like, I don't want to see that between these two dudes. I don't want to like, see well, a slaughter. Well, I don't uh, want to see that, it. man. I just, <laughs> I just witnessed one of the hardcore matches of John Moxley, Kitty Omega. Oh, all right. I don't want to see no match between. <laughs> Adam Cole, they no. Brock, in the feed, yeah. man. I don't think my eyes can take that. Yeah, his his health would be on the line. Yes, in that matchup. Seriously, you know, his you, health would be on the line. Like injuries potentially, because he's going to get tossed around by both of those dudes, and none of his moves would have any effect. So it's Brock like Brock is just not going to count how many you know F five is going to give give you. He's going to count how many concussions I'm going to give you. Yeah. Just no regard for anyone's life. Like even there was a, the the backstage segment when when he went looking for Rey Mysterio, and there was this guy oh just sitting God. there minding his own business, <laughs> and he went up to this dude, grabbed him by the throat, and just like just shoved him into that table. Where's Rey? Where's Rey? And the dude's like, I, I don't know where. He, and he's just like ragdolling this this regular dude, human, beating I'm his like, head on a table. It just like, do, 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 do. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, so I'm, I'm trying, and I'm thinking, I, what was, I'm like, I wonder what was the pre production meeting right. setup was this? I'm like, all right, so Brock's just going to come in, just talk to you, ask you, where's Ray? And you just tell him you don't know, all right? <laughs> right. You can't tell him what's about to happen. Right. You can't tell him that you're oh, about to slam your head into this table and just like treat you like you're not even human, basically. Like, just, just wow. Right, he might ragdoll you, but that's just Brock being Brock. All right. Like, what do you, what do you mean ragdoll? Talk to me before, before I sign on the dotted line. I, leave, I need to know. I'm paying you five hundred bucks. All right. So just sign away. Five hundred bucks. That's Get a little enough. recognition. All right. Everybody wins. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. And that next dude must have seen what happened too, because he immediately was telling. He he wasn't that car. He was in that car. <laughs> Like, he did not waste any time right. telling him. Like, he Brock didn't even get the words out yeah. to ask him what he was asking him before the dude was saying, hey, Raymond Stewart is in that car. Oh, my God. Yeah, Brock just has license to do whatever he wants. He does, man. Because he, he, like, he, literally, he is, literally shoot, and that's a shoot. Yeah. Yep. No regard for anybody's life. Like, I get to do whatever I right. want. I will slap whoever I want to slap. I will ragdoll who I want to ragdoll. He tossed the Universal Championship in – he not tossed. He threw it in, in Vince McMahon's way. What was that? Was it WrestleMania against? So. It wasn't against Roman Reigns. It wasn't Seth Rollins. Well, this last one was Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. No, 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 no. Because he still had the belt. So, so it was previous to that. It was Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns then. Yeah. Roman Reigns. I think it got shit for it. So, and he he threw the belt. And Vince McMahon. I think Vince McMahon called him an asshole. 
Yeah, because that that one. So now say more about this because I don't think I know this full story. So this is after Brock had won; he had retained the belt. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was the two years ago WrestleMania then, because the last one was Seth, and the one before that was the one that everybody hated. It was a terrible matchup. Um, Brock had had given Roman numerous (laughs) F fives, just ridiculous amount of F fives, five or six of them. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a terrible matchup. So then after the fact, he went to the gorilla position and then threw the belt at, at Vince McMahon, and Vince called him an asshole. He did, yeah. And they have that on their WWE network, I, I, I was going to say, because I feel like I saw yeah. that in a it, documentary. And it might be just a short clip. YouTube clip that you can find. If you're just looking for that scene, just type in Brock Lesnar throws WWE belt at Vince, and I'm pretty sure it'll, pop, it'll pull up. He has license to do whatever. He really does. Free he reign. Does. Must be nice. Jeez. Well, you know, it's it's Brock will do what Brock will do, and he's going to – if he's doing all that to all these people, man. That's what Rey Paul Mysterio. said. He said that in his promo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Speak. So you just remind me of something else, too. What Brock was doing to – or what, what he was about to do to Jerry the King Lawler. Like, I, I was nervous for Jerry's life. I, for yeah, I got Paul legit call. Shit. Paul Heyman telling him, like, look – there will be no one to resuscitate you when you die on the air again. I'm like, Paul, what are you saying right now? <laughs> this man literally had a, a heart attack yes, on, air. on air. Like, that happened. Yes. You know, and, and you're just casually just talking about it like, yeah, when you die again, no one's going to be. But he actually almost did die. And now you have Brock standing over him. Just you saying that and the threat of Brock maybe doing this might literally give him a heart attack mm-hmm. right now. Like, as much as I sometimes have gripes with Jerry the King Lawler, which, by the way, I'm going to give him a little bit of props because he hasn't gone down that road of being the super corny Jerry the King Lawler. He's actually been kind of, like, taming it down, and I think he's been conscious about it. There's even been moments where the Jerry the King Lawler could have gone down that road and chose not to, like with the whole Lana angle. Yeah. Um, on air, he hasn't really fallen into those traps of, you know, like the whole old school, like puppies and, and talking about that kind of stuff. So I'm going to give him kudos on that. I feel like... He's made that effort. I've noticed it. So I just got to shout him out a little bit for that. But that whole segment with Brock, I was nervous for Jerry's life. I was like, man, okay. Like, I get it. You guys are trying to, you know, you're telling the story and everything. Yeah. But let's not push this too far to where this man's heart really oh, does God. give out on, on air again. Because that actually happens. Yeah. And Jeez. then Dio Madden, the newest oh, commentator, he God. steps up. And I mean, it was his, a cool look. Just had I think this he angry look. Like, ah. I think he needed to do that. Yeah. I think that helped. Well, he needed to get blessed in, you know? Just like you're in a new he, gang. I'm going to bless you in. All right, <laughs> yeah, blood welcome, in, blood out. Here we go. That's <laughs> your initiation. Now, now you're official. Right. Now you're official. <laughs> Man, just took. And the F5 was just like, it was it was rough. Yeah. And he fell on his back versus on the, the front. Yeah, it was crazy. Yep. It was crazy. He was done for the night, and he didn't show up the following week after the that. The following week, he was gone. <laughs> He's still recovering. Right. He might not be back this week. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy, but yeah. And and since I brought it up too, because you know we're just kind of recapping a lot of stuff that's been happening the last couple of weeks. So this whole Rusev Lana story. Line, oh man, we just we've I, just been riding this good wave, and here you I, go. I just, I just, but because when I mentioned Jerry the King Lawler, and he had he, there was opportunities for him to get vulgar and go down that road. Yeah. You know, it just brought that up. So I just had to to make mention of it. 
Um, I think I saw the worst promo ever. Nah, I don't know if it's the worst ever, but it's one of the worst yeah, ones it's, ever. It's, the one that it's Lana up, did. It's up there. It's up there. It, this was awful. Now, the only props that I can give Lana on this was the fact that she, as much as she was getting booed and heckled by the crowd, she was getting louder and she kept going. She was giving she her all. Like, she'd have you know, she could have got shaken by it, but she was holding on, which I was like, okay, but still. But that needed to end, yeah. like, you know, a lot earlier than it did. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was bad. They needed to pull the plug on that. But it was just going nowhere. She was just rambling on and talking about, you know, her and Bobby's sex life and blah, blah, blah. And just, you know, the everything vulgar was coming from yeah. her. You know, This whole was story, just, was a, she was a whole contradiction to her whole story of the reason why she left Rusev. Mm, because, like, yeah. you always want sex. But ain't you doing that with... With Bobby Lashley now, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't understand the storyline. And even there was there's which you know rumors are rumors is what it is. But now something came out where it's like, hey, this whole thing is going to lead to them reconciling and being yeah, back together. I, I saw that. I saw that. And I'm like, I, I, no one's going to care. Like yeah. it's just it's what's done is done. The damage is done. No one cares. Like this this is just a bad storyline. I mean, the only thing that you can say positively about all this is that I think people genuinely feel bad for Rusev because off screen, this is his actual wife and she's actually making out with this other dude, yeah. Bobby Lashley. And right in front you know, of they're him, having man. literally like right in front of him, like literally I mean, like acting one or no actor in front like, of him. Like, man, he on the floor. That sucks. Yeah, that is. It's just, it's uncomfortable. It's it's uncomfortable. That's something you see on Pornhub or something, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is just, it's just too far. It's just too far. Like, what is happening right now? You know, I I don't know. I'm just not a fan of of the storyline. I feel like Lana just does not look good in all of this in terms of, like, her promo work. Um they're really just using her as a sex object. They are. This is kind of a throwback yeah. to like Stacy Keebler back in the day and how they used to use her sometimes. Or, you know, um, Sonny, you know, sometimes when they would put her in storylines or Sable where it's literally yeah. just. We had, a whole, a, we had that whole era, you know. Yeah. And and it's just it's just nothing. And even Bobby, like, he just, this does nothing for him. Yeah, you know, if Why anything, you just like couldn't said, just start a fight with Russo? I just don't like you, man. Or I'm coming back and I got to pick a fight. I'm just showing my dominance. Something simple, but nah. I'm a, we got this horrible story angle. This horrible story yeah. angle. Like, possibly, you know what's crazy? Like, possibly we saw, like, one of the best promos last week from AEW. And then we probably, oh, yeah. you know, for, for this year. And then we possibly saw one of the worst promos from WWE yeah. for this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cody Rose's promo I was amazing leading into his matchup, you know, at, at full gear like that. I mean, I'm not, and there's so many promos that happen, but I'm pu- I'm just pulling that one out yeah. to compare. And then, you know, you had this one with Lana and her going on and on about just nonsense. Like, yeah, what a, what a yeah. week, what a time it's been. Yeah. See know, what happened when you got scripted promos versus non-scripted promos? Well, here's the thing. Do you think that that was fully the script, or do you think she kind of was? Because it felt like, to be honest, she was just kind of going on her own. Like there was a part of that maybe they had some kind of general structure, no, but there's no way you write what she was saying. No, that, that's scripted, man. Because she's a she's a legit actress. 
legit. She was on this show called that, what was this show called? Loosely for, uh, well, for well, I, mean, I, I, I saw her in a TV show. <laughs> just, she was an extra. She had a few lines, so that's a legit actress, I mean, right? Doesn't legit, that qualify though. as an actress? Is she legit? I, legit? If, okay. Well, what is that? What does not qualify a legit actress? Then I mean, look, just just, just because you're on TV or you've been in a movie, I don't know that that makes you le- legit. Like I, <laughs> when you say legit, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm trying to. I'm not saying between. I didn't like say good, like really. Good I, I didn't and, say. Hold, hold on. So I didn't say legit like movie star, celebrity, or something like that. Yeah, I just yeah. said legit actress. Yeah. I don't know, man. You pulling mean, hairs, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm, I'm trying to help. I think I'm trying to help her out actually because to be legit and then to do what she did, like it was, it was bad. It was bad. Like she, she's a novice still in terms of like acting. Like sure, she's been on camera. She's been in WWE. You know, yeah. like they all have that experience of like you know being in front of the camera. So just yeah, just but that's, the regular that's stage fright shouldn't be a thing. But she, she, it felt like she was just flowing and just saying what came to her, you know, and it just was repetitive. And I just was like, what is happening? You know, there was no <laughs> clear end to it, you know, and then Rusev showed up and just kind of cut it off. And I'm like, wow, that was terrible. And it was mm. still terrible. And then Bobby Lashley came out. And I, I don't know. I just, I hear, like, I think that there was an idea, there was a plan. And she, because also, too, she was reacting to what the crowd was saying. And so she was going off of that. So I feel like she was kind of going off on her own as well. Um, you know, it's just bad. But anyway, <laughs> to, to, to take it back, because I think the spirit of what you're saying, I get it. That, like, when you get a promo from the heart that means something like that, that when Cody was speaking about, you know, his family and about what this his, means yeah, to him. his wife, like, his sisters. Fe- exactly. He, he even you he got it. choked up a little bit. You felt that, man. With his yeah, talking about his father. His father, and his like, yes, bro, like yes. you felt that. You you know, I can admit, man, I got a little little misty eyed. You know? It was right. it, it was heartfelt promo, man. It's something you don't see on a big promotion anymore. Right, right. Whereas with this, with Lana, like, it wasn't real. You know, like it's purely fabricated and there's no truth to the storyline. So for her, she's just kind of like saying stuff. You know, that's all it is. She's just talking, you know, and it doesn't make any sense. And you don't feel it because she's not feeling it. She's not connected to what she's saying. So it's just, it's just meh. It's just there. Let me ask you this. Um, So if we're talking about Lana, do you think they have her go back to being a wrestler? Ooh, man. Not after this. Nope. I have no desire to see her wrestling or anything honestly man it's it's bad and we know what sucks too is that i actually was becoming a fan of her in-ring stuff during the whole lana day and rusev day like i felt like they really had something there with aiden english in them um and now this just set her back you know because when she first came back i was thinking about that like when she first showed up um just just moments before her and bobby lashley started this whole storyline when he when he brought her back i was like oh she's back so she can, you know, get into the, the, the women's division and start wrestling the other women. I thought that's where this was going to go. But now seeing the storyline and everything, I'm like, you actually kind of bring the women's division down because <laughs> you're a representation of everything that they're going against with the women's evolution. Like you, you, you literally are, are, you know, are 
ages behind in terms of like what what it used to be you know like like you are a throwback to what it used to be and and what we're trying to forget and what we're trying to to evolve from so right now i'd say no like they have some work to do again to get her back now the the one good thing with this is she does have heat so as a heel maybe you make the justification and say well okay the fans are against her so if we want to put one of our baby face um, you know, female superstars against a legitimate heel, maybe you justify it that way. Um, but yeah, I, I just, me personally, I'm not excited to see her matches right now because I'm just sick of the storyline and her character is just kind of. Oh, like, no, not me. But it, you know, yeah. when we we're talking about Lana, that question popped in my head because it made me think, all right, after they reconcile, what are they going to do now with Rusev and Lana? Or are they going to go back maybe and try Lana or. Try have try try to have Lana, you know, wrestle again, or just trying to be I, I a, or go back to what kind of work? Well, not kind of what worked for him to be Rusev manager, you know, trying to have him get back to his glory days. I don't know, man. I wouldn't be surprised if before I, I wouldn't be surprised if this storyline actually just ends out of nowhere. And we're talking about Rusev asking for his release. And then the countdown to him potentially going to another company. If he hasn't already signed a long-term deal. You know, like if that's already happened, then it is what it is. But this this reeks of a situation where I wouldn't be surprised if Rusev hates what he's doing right now. Yeah. And if he's just in the back of his head thinking, damn, I just need to get the hell out of here. You know, and I, I just need to go to another company yeah. or overseas and go to Japan or something because this sucks. You know, like, because again, we talked about it. There's a, a distinct difference between what we saw in AEW's promos and oh, the, yes. the, what they've been putting on versus this whole storyline. And they're watching, they know, they're seeing it, you know, so it. To, to me, this just feels like a situation where a guy would just want out of this, you know? And, like, even for Lana, like, just being used in this way, like, she's got to be thinking she's capable of more than this, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so for, for her and for him, you know, and also, too, there's just this kind of thing that irks me that I feel really uncomfortable with about how their relationship has been dealt with on TV since the beginning. Well, both of them showing up in WWE. Because I feel like there's been a... a, a a desire by the company to put them against each other and to almost, I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous and say, hey, they've been trying to break them up from the beginning. So you think they're trying to drive but, a wedge between them? Well, just hear me out because I feel like that there's been signs to even point to that in just the way they've been booking them since the beginning. Like the whole Dolph Ziggler and Lana thing in the beginning. And then it was him and uh, who was it? Summer Rae. It was while they were actually a couple. And then it took them actually getting engaged and then posting about it. Like one of them, I don't remember if it was Rusev or Lana that did it. I think it it was Rusev that did it. That just said it, you know, and then that storyline was dead. And I feel like that, that was no accident. Like they probably were like, look, we are a couple. This is what it is. And we're putting it out there. And then they just killed that storyline. So then they had to acknowledge it. They had to put them back together again. And now here we are again, years later, with another storyline where you're putting them against each other again. The only difference is now it's Rusev as the babyface and Lana as the heel versus back then it was the other way around. Yeah. Like it, it's just it just bothers me. And I feel like I again, know this is a storyline, but let's just let me ask you this. All right. 
Yeah. If you had a wife and, you know, you're and she's an actress mm-hmm. and you're and you're 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 with your wife at her job, you're behind the scenes, you know, she told you to, you know, just come scope it out, whatever. You're there, you cope it out. And she has a kissing scene and she's I can't passionate kissing, scene, kissing just like, you know, lying with, with Bobby Lash, yeah. tongue and all. Can you even, can you do that? You know, I guess there's, there's a part of me that wants to say yes, because if it's your job and you, this is what you, you know, you, you're, you're, you're married, right? So there's that security that you want to feel, uh, being married that it, this isn't her job and, and having to do these kissing scenes is separate from your relationship. And if your relationship is strong enough, then it shouldn't matter because, again, that's her job. And, you know, there's an acceptance that I think you have to have if you marry somebody who's going to be in, a, in work like that. Um, it doesn't stop you from being upset about it in a certain way or not wanting to see it or just feeling, like, uh, uncomfortable, yeah. you know? Um, so I think... But it that, also can't not kick off sparks between... Two professionals. Well, that could happen too. That you know? could happen too. But I think so. I mean, you know, getting a little bit deep here, I feel like if you, the relationship is is strong enough, it should be able to withstand a situation like that. If this is your chosen, like, okay, we, we see it all the time with 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 celebrities, right? Like, you know, two actors that are both you know in in a relationship, but and then that started maybe on screen, right? Like they were like. Um, on Supergirl, for instance, we'll just throw that one out there. Like the guy that played Monel and Supergirl in real life are a couple. It didn't start that way, you know. She was with another guy prior to that, and then all of a sudden, and I, I don't follow it enough in terms of the behind the scenes to know what caused the you know her to move on from that guy to the guy that she was on screen dating. Maybe there was something that happened on screen that sparked a breakup. Who knows? I'm not going to dig into all of that. But to your point you start to think about stuff like that. Like, Oh, maybe it's possible for, you know, the relationship to, to fall apart because, you know, that other person that's acting out these love scenes starts to actually fall for that person that they're having these scenes with. And, you know, bringing that back to Rusev and Lana. Yeah. You know, maybe there is that kind of thought, like, you know, if she keeps having these scenes with, with uh, Bobby Lashley, what are the chances of there actually being there? Something that develops. Um, so, I, and I I do think that that's why I'm kind of uncomfortable with it, yeah. you know, to a point. It's like, it makes me feel like they're, are they, and WWE has done this to them before, to Rusev and Lana before. And I'm like, are they trying to break them up? Because again, yeah. they're putting her in a storyline where she's with some other guy. And I, I think he's you not could be right because cause Lana, and when I see them engage in, in kissing, it, yeah. I can tell that Lana is acting. But man, right. I could tell Bobby he Bobby's enjoying, enjoying himself. himself. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Let's just be real. Yeah, you can see it. That dude is it. enjoying himself. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, for me personally, I would say it, it's it's it depends on the strength of the relationship. If the relationship wasn't strong and that's happening, yeah, I'm gonna have a big problem with it. You know, because now I'm I'm insecure already. 
because the relationship wasn't good, and now you're going off kissing some other some other dude. So it's gonna be a problem. Now, if we have a really strong relationship and that's happening, then it shouldn't be a problem. You know, is the way I think about it. So it really depends on the relationship going in. Now, from an outside viewer watching this happen and seeing it happen multiple times with Rusev and Lana, it just brought up the question of like. Is like why does the WWE keep doing that to them? Like they should be more creative than to rehash this storyline again yeah. with them kind of being with other people and making out with people on screen. And you know, it's just like, come on, guys! And the first time you guys did this, they actually went out of their way to post that they were together, and and that effectively ended it. So reading in between the lines, it's almost like they were saying, "Hey, we we are." Are regardless of what the WWE is, is wanting us to do in terms of keeping the secret about our relationship and doing this other storyline, it's it's us, you know. So we're going to go ahead and post this, knowing full well that that ends that storyline. So they ended it, you know, because maybe they were uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And now here we go again. And I mean, they're already married, so they can't go into you know. The only thing they could do is like on social media and let it slip, like on an Instagram story where they're together having fun, you know, and breaking yeah. the whole storyline. You know, but I don't know, man. Maybe they'll break it off, but Atlanta would manage. I don't know, maybe like Drew McIntyre, since he's like muscle for hire right yeah. now. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was another thing too. But but were you surprised though? Let's yeah. be real. Like people, I look at, I be I be reading Twitter, I be in Facebook groups, and they, and these people right now act surprised the way they treating wow. Drew McIntyre. Like, Drew. if you yeah. listen to our podcast, we had a we had a moment of silence for this dude. I'm not surprised anymore. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not surprised, but it's just, I guess, with the draft and the way it went, and like, okay, he got drafted in the first round, I believe, so. Yep, thinking, he did. Okay, I think he was the third overall? Third or, four, yeah, in that first, first uh, round, he was there, yeah. you know, so it, it makes puts a little bit of importance to his name to be drafted that high. I mean, Samoa Joe was drafted well beyond behind him. Um, and we put them in kind of similar categories of guys who just, like, talk a big game, didn't show up when it counted, you know, and where you just started to lose faith and lose hope or lose lose uh, respect for whatever they're saying, you know. So for me, it's it's like it's disheartening to see it kind of go back to what it was with him kind of being a henchman. Um and then even he had that match with Sin Cara, which I'm like, why is he wrestling Sin Cara? Yeah, even though he destroyed like, what is going him. On? I mean, he, I mean, good. Yeah. Thank goodness that it was like just a, he just destroyed he him versus him. it I being see why like Sin Cara wanted a release. <laughs> oh yeah, He's like I'm done, guys. What what is this? <laughs> Body slam on the floor? Really? <laughs> I'm talking Treated to him like I want my release. <laughs> Like, I'm some ragdoll for Brock Lesnar, man. Like, what is going on? Like, come on now. Oh, man. Yeah, so I just, I, I want, we, we both want more for Drew. So, it's, yeah. it's, for me, it wasn't surprising, but it is disheartening. It is. It is. It's still, like, I, th- I think you, you used uh, the, the right terminology. Like, it is disheartening, but, you know, hey, I'm not surprised at the end of the day. This is what they do. Right. Right. This is the regular exactly. WWE. <laughs> yep man oh man but yeah so just just uh, i had to get those last couple of bits out there about the the last couple of weeks of raw smackdown and nxt 
Um, are there any other moments that kind of stick out to you that we haven't touched on before we call it a, an episode on, on this segment here, this section here? Uh, let's talk about some other uh, WWE news, man, uh, for one of their shows called Backstage. Oh, yeah. that was. Well, go ahead and talk about that. That was that was huge. Yeah, yeah man. So my, I will say this. This is my former favorite wrestler. You know, he was my active wrestler at the time, but, you know, AJ Styles took that over now. <laughs> my favorite my favorite active wrestler, AJ Styles. But uh, CM Punk, he came back in the wrestling world, kind of, sort of. You know, uh, now he's on the Fox show, getting that Fox money on the WWE backstage with Renee Young and uh, Booker T. Booker T, yeah. And a guest yeah, appearance was- from... Uh, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Adam Cole, I yeah. saw, was there yep. when, when they did that that uh, moment for CM Punk. Yeah, it was it was cool seeing, seeing CM Punk there. Um, if they plan on having CM Punk, or, if, or I should say, if CM Punk ever plans on ever wrestling again for WWE, for anybody, I felt like doing his return this way, it kind of takes a little bit of the the steam away from what that return could have been if he would have actually showed up in a in a wrestling ring like i almost wish and this is probably cm punk's you know idea and doing like he, this is probably what he wants yeah. but i really wish we could have gotten to see cm punk show up you know in a chicago at a chicago show whether it be you know a raw or smackdown or a pay-per-view whatever it would have been and to see that reaction and hear that reaction um, and what that would have meant, you know, like that, that, I don't know that, I think it still would be big if he did show up, but like, since he's he there, might show up, okay, if they decide to do like a WWE backstage special after the Survivor Series, after, with some type being of post show, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope so, I hope we get to, you know, get to see him there, but, by the way, are you going um, to Survivor Series? <laughs> that is, that is a good question, because, you know, for me, I don't know, I'm, 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 my nerves around how they're going to treat NXT um, kind of has me like I'm not sure, and also too with with there's still a lot going on for me that you know even just the timing it might be tough for me to get yeah. there. I still haven't really decided that yeah. to be honest with you, um, but it doesn't help some of the you know apprehensions I have with like how this last Raw was and just WWE booking in general, and I just kind of I would hate to go and be disappointed mm. by. You know some of the stuff that could happen, so I'm kind of worried about that. It's more likely that I do takeover um, than than doing Survivor Series, to be honest with you, or potentially doing both. Um, and I might not even go to takeover, so I still haven't really decided how I'm going to do it. But um, you know, it's still up in the air. All right, well, what about you? Survivor Series. Well, at first, before the NXT Invasion angle, I was like, hell no. Nah. And then I saw SmackDown. I'm like, you know what? You know what? I just might pull the trigger, and then we we go to to the following week. I'm like, ah, I can't do it. I can't, oh. I can't do it. <laughs> Take over, baby, because yeah. after watching, you know, Finn Balor, you know, just set it off in there. This yeah. this dude is on one, and now it's gonna be Matt Riddle and Finn Balor. I'm like, oh, man, that's just that's that's gonna be a good match. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that that card is is gonna be pretty yeah. good. So that's the one where I'm like, if I if I do end up pulling the trigger, takeover would be the one. Um, Survivor Series, that's that's 
that's tough. That's a that's 50 tough. 50, that's man. Tough to say. Like, you can go yeah. there, but you'd be like, it started well, but it ended, or it started poor, or it ended poor, or it started poorly, but it ended well. But you never know what you're going to get to get, man. You get a whole mix bag with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, not sure, not sure. But, yeah, with, going back to CM Punk, though, real quick, um, I think that it was cool. You know, when I saw it, I was I was like, oh, this is great to, to see him. Um, and, you know, he said, what did he say? He said, when they start uh, thinking they know the questions, I change the game or change the climate or something Change like the that. culture. Could change the culture, thank you. So, um, you know, and then they went, went to black, so that was pretty much over with, but... Um, we'll see how that Fox show goes for him and, and the things that he's saying and, and how that maybe possibly leads to him making an appearance uh, to one of these shows here in Chicago and uh, going forward. But um, I, I still want to see him in a WWE ring. I still want to see him wrestle. I think seeing him on this show, it's just going to now kind of bring us back to, you know, when we were, I don't know, for me, you know, when, when he was gone, I was like, oh, man, I, I, I want to see CM Punk. And then time has passed that I've kind of gotten used to the idea of him never showing up again and never being in wrestling ring again. And now with him actually being a part of the WWE in just even this small capacity, yeah. it takes me right back there to being like, oh, man, I really want to see this dude in the ring. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll we'll see, man. Like, this just feels like a tease. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm. I'm anxious to see him in the ring. I hope that this leads to him being there. I but think from what so, he's man. been I saying, think everybody's going to be you know, anticipating this. You know, see him. But from what match. he said, though, he's like they because they they asked him on a radio show point blank. You know, and he's like he he doesn't want to come back to wrestle. Like if that was the deal, because they talked about this potential deal, and like his agent talking to WWE, and he said yes that that was happening. But you know, he he, he made mention of like. If the deal was for him to come back to the ring, that that no, like that's not what he wants, you know. So it sounds like he doesn't want to wrestle anymore, and it wow. felt it felt definitive hearing him yeah. say that because the YouTube video was was him from his own mouth, him saying like he doesn't want to do this anymore as a wrestler. I'm not surprised, um, man, because for some reason, not even for some reason, WWE has a way of just making wrestlers make make them lose the love for this passion that. For this wrestling, having yeah. Sasha Banks out for the uh, John Moxley, aka Dean Ambrose, you know, even at a time for Stone Cold, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it sucks, you know, to to hear that from the wrestlers again, straight from his mouth like that, you know, and and some of these other superstars. I mean, from you know Sasha Banks in her documentary, yep. she talked about the depression and what she was going through. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's definitely tough, man, and. Um, to each their own, like, you know, I, I respect, you know, all of their wishes and specifically to CM Punk in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is what he wants. Like, he he wants to be back in, in this capacity and maybe being around it, being this close to it, that love could come back and we could see him again. And maybe him hearing that, you know, constantly from us, you know, and being this close and that that combo would be, be enough to make yeah, him man. make another... The appearance of the it, it would be nice again. to hear his point of view on on the WWE scope now. So that's what they're going to be because they they're going to be talking him... about the the shows, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and get to hear him how he feels. So I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to be totally unfiltered. Right. I was going to say, especially if they unfiltered, they let him say and be himself. Then yes, I'm like I want to see. 
I'm curious what he says about the, the current product and when, when things are going south, you know, when the, yes. like everybody, when something clearly is happening, like even this Lana and Rusev situation, I'm curious what he would say about something like that, you know, and if he's going to be like, man, this is, this is stupid, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, is he going to say that or is he going to go along right. with it or whatever? I'm curious. I'm curious how that's going to go. Um, yeah. So. I guess what I do want to do, because uh, because we are getting close to wrapping all of this up, but let's just talk um, in general about NXT this week and um, give some of our general thoughts about this because it was a pretty good week to kind of cap off um, a pretty good episode to cap off the the week here for where we're at in the invasion angle. Okay. Um, oh, before we get into it, real quick, let me ask you this because yeah. I'm curious about your thoughts because we're we're talking about uh, CM Punk and disgruntled wrestlers losing their passion since we're getting ready to talk about nxt is one wrestler i want to talk about in particular uh-huh. jordan miles oh yeah there was this <clears throat> yep i heard about yeah, this man so I, I can understand i'll say this all right i can understand his frustration uh but there is a way doing it yeah. you know uh and what I'm kind of confused too. I'll say this too. I'm confused by the message when you say for the culture, but yet you call Jay Lethal an Uncle Tom. Yeah. And I hate. I'm gonna use that word too. I hate using word hate, but I hate when I see people of color, you know, treating other people of color like that, because it doesn't go anywhere, man. If anything, we need to stick together around in these times. You know what I'm saying? But it's... Well, why don't you go back a little bit and give a little context for the situation? Because not everybody might know exactly the, the situation. Okay. Okay. So there's a... So I guess Jordan Miles... Not I guess. Well, Jordan Miles, uh, he's the NXT... Uh, on the NXT roster. He was, he was in the NXT breakout tournament. He made it all the way to the finals, and he won. And he had a phenomenal match with Adam Cole as well. And then... He, I think he had a. I think he, was that it? No, yeah, that was it. Never mind, that was it. That and was it. you just never saw him. And then I, all of a sudden, you see this tweet. He has like, man, how, how can you have this shirt? And yeah, because it was a t-shirt. It's a made, t-shirt, yeah, for him. So you know, he's starting to get the the merchandising going. Yep. And there's a t-shirt design that came out, and the t-shirts were being sold. And it says Jordan Miles, and I think the text is is uh, white, and the around it is red, or there's and the shirt is black. I think that's the the visual, right? So, but then there starts to be some backlash around this this t-shirt because for, if you look at the t-shirt and you you think of blackface, you can see the resemblance between the the blackface, which has been known to people as being a racist. Um, uh, uh, image yeah. that we've just tried to erase from existence, basically, and you know, so the 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 way this was all put together with the black T-shirt and the the red and the, the way the name and it's in the shape of kind of a smile that it, it it's if you see that and if you know blackface, then you kind of look at it and you can see that image within that shirt. So now. You know, we can go into some of the other like back and forth, but real quick, I'll just give my my take on that because when I first heard about this, you know, 
I didn't have much context for like how this is all had all came about, mm-hmm. and seeing the T-shirt on its own without knowing that people were saying were, like just looking at the T-shirt on its own. I think if they wouldn't if if you don't bring attention to the comparison between blackface and between that T-shirt. I don't know that you really will look at it that way and say, hey, like, you know, for sure, this is what they were doing. They were trying to to make they were trying to put blackface on a T-shirt, you know, like I feel like seeing it, though, yes, that if if we can see that, if there's a way to interpret that in that way, then that T-shirt should be gone. Yeah. Like but, it should but not just be thinking about it, too. Like, say if Jordan Miles didn't catch it. All right. Mm-hmm. And then he's. And you know he got has a match. He's showing off this new shirt. Somebody is gonna catch. It's gl- it's glaring. Right. It was. It somebody's was, gonna it, point it out. Then you'll it, see it. Right. It was there. inevitable that that was gonna come out because when you see those those images of blackface and you see that T-shirt, like there's gonna be somebody that puts that together, and then you can't get the image out of your head, and then it's just like that T-shirt has to go. Right. So with that, I'm I'm with the idea of, hey, let's get rid of this T-shirt because it's it's a it's not a good look overall. Right. And like it's it's disrespectful. It's racist at this. Now it's just it's just gone. You know, like just get rid of it. So I'm with that. But then the way that Jordan Miles has gone about it, um, you know, I feel like. There's there's a way that where he has separated himself and I and I don't have all of the context to be able to say like exactly how this has gone down. But just in general, hearing the bits and pieces, it sounds like he's doing a lot of like like separating himself from the responsibility of like the designs, because according to WWE, like all of the designs are sent to the superstars, are sent to the wrestlers before they they get made as as shirts. Right. So that's their defense. Now, did that happen or not? I'm not sure. I'm not there with them. So, like I said, I don't have all the yeah. context for that. They, well, they, that. they said, you know, Jordan Miles approved it, but Jordan Miles said it was on a white shirt. Not a okay. black shirt. I mean, so it, let's take that at face value. Right. If that's what happened, like it was on a white shirt when he saw it and it was on a black shirt that when they put it out there, then to his point. He didn't approve it the way it was, so that's 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 he's he has the right to call that out and say, "Yo, this isn't what I approved." Yeah. So I'm cool with that. But now I think to what you were alluding to with Jay Lethal, let's talk about that a little bit and Jay Lethal's like how he got brought into it. Ah, oh, so he so he calls. You know, basically, Jay Lethal, an Uncle Tom, like he get, he talks about Ring of Honor. He said, "Forget about them. They don't let they don't they only uh, let African Americans hold the belt like one at a time. Forget that person, uh, Jay Lethal. He's an Uncle Tom. Like he was just going down. But how did it? Go, but how did we get from? Because again, just looking at the context of the story, so we have uh, we have um, Jordan Miles having an issue with the WWE over the T shirt. Right, and he said in his defense he did not approve that design. That the design that he approved was on a white T-shirt, not a black T-shirt. And so I know that there was a little bit of back and forth between him and WWE. And then now did Jay Lethal interject oh, no, himself? Oh no, no, that's why. That's why or? I was. <laughs> so there was no. 
So this is why I'm trying to understand this young this young man's mind. It sounds very like it sounds like he still had a lot of growing up to do, because mm-hmm. because there were no tweets from Jay Lethal, nothing, nothing for him to to say anything. Jordan Mouthfield to to say anything about this man. He was just going down this rant. He was just ranting. If you look at his past tweets, well, he deleted them, but I'm pretty sure you can pull them up through you know because once it's out there, it's out there forever. Uh, but he he's just going down this rant, and he talks about WWE the way they hold people down, and as he's talking about WWE's mentioning other wrestling promotions, and within those wrestling promotions, he happens to mix Jay Lethal's name and calls him a Uncle Tom during that rant. Wow. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's that's why I don't I don't even agree. I don't agree with that action because it's perception, man. And the perception you're putting out there is like, dude, you now you're coming off as, I hate this too, an angry black man. Right. Yeah, because just to, to rant like that and to, to pull, you know, another black man into the conversation yeah. and then to call him out like it that. It didn't say for the culture? You know, yeah, I was so right. confused by that. Even Titus, yeah, I think he, he responded to that, to that tweet. He was confused by that, too. Like, how can you pull? He's like, I understand. I can understand your frustration, but how do you pull Jay Lethal into that? And, you, and you're talking about, full, you know, for the culture. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just an, it's, a, it's a shitty situation overall, I would say. Like, you know, Jordan Miles, from, from, from his perspective, he feels like, okay, you know, this is his moment to to stand up for for what he believes in and his perspective, right? But then the way you're going about it now and attacking everybody, it's like no one is really hearing what you're. If the, the positives of what you're saying, of trying to to stand against this T-shirt that's racist, now it becomes something else. Now it's like you're just yelling and yeah. and being just like you say the quote unquote angry black man, right? And so. And then you're calling out other black people, too, and then throwing them, not even under bus, just blatantly being disrespectful. Like, dude, um, you're looking silly at the end of the day, and you want to put, you know, hashtag for the culture. I can't, I can't support that because your your message is flawed. Yeah, I, I feel like there's, there, there has to be history between Jordan Miles and Jay Lethal also for him to have brought up him like that and i can understand it and if it is it is but this is like if it is then you talk about that behind closed doors but don't let if you're going to talk about your if you're going to talk about you know your color and then talk about the another man who's the same color as you and call that man uncle tom and then say for the culture it's you know that's just so confusing man it is. It is. You know, and I, it's it, it just like to me, it's even, I guess, what I, what I hearing this and, and, you know, hearing bits of pieces of it, um, it just makes me feel like, one, I do want to kind of look into it and say, like, okay, where is, where is all, the, all this coming from? I want to know more about, like, the, because I've pretty much have just heard, you know, just in general, I saw the T-shirt. I heard that Jordan Miles had this rant. I mean, the last one was that he quit the company. You know, he called the company racist. 
And, you know, I, I've basically just kind of tuned out everything that he was saying, honestly, because it just sounded like, you know, a bunch of nonsense was coming from his yeah. side. And like, you know, but there is a part of what he was saying in terms of like, you know, trying to trying to go against this shirt that was racist. That was like, yeah, like he's he's right for not wanting that shirt out. And if he didn't approve it, like, why is this being put out like that? And so it could have just yeah. been been that. Because there's right? probably a source of going. truth to that. But. That translation got lost. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the truth is somebody there within the company who went the other way with the shirt, you know, just poor judgment on their part with, with the, the shirt design and just not seeing that potential yeah. for it to just explode, you know. So that that's just on that that you know, side of the business that, you know, approves these t-shirts and makes these t-shirts and just not having a better system of like, you know, people really looking at these things and trying to think these things through. But also too, like, I also want to leave room for, hey, let's say the people that approve that were just ignorant to the idea that this could be seen that way, right? And then this happened. And then people call it out and Jordan Miles calls it out. Okay, they pull the shirt because, and they could even say like, you know, we didn't see this. We were ignorant to it. We were insensitive to this, you know, when we apologize, you know, for it. And, and just I think it could have just been that but it, and left but it if at he, that. Even if they said even he could have said, like, maybe they wasn't they weren't listening to me or something like that. And that's why he's so mad. Well, that's the thing. I, that's I, the problem. See, that I me, have too, I'm, is like, I'm just too cool. I would have played it off. I would have been like. I would have spoke my mind about this shirt, and they didn't want to, if they don't want to listen to me. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna prove my point, and somebody's gonna and somebody's gonna prove my point for me. And they're gonna lose millions of sponsorships because of that. Now you want to put it put this shirt on your on your uh, new newly flagged USA Network. Well, I, see, the thing that I'm seeing with this is it feels like from Jordan Miles' perspective, it wasn't about really even the shirt anymore. It was more about him just kind of ranting and just using this as a vehicle for himself to just be able to rant about all sorts of stuff, you know, like, because if it was just about the shirt, it could have ended with the shirt, you know, so, but he decided to make it about like, you know, again, turning into a thing with George, with Jay Lethal and, and, you know, calling the company racist instead of just trying to address the issue with the shirt. He tried to blow this up for the, you know, the, the company that he's working for, you know, that's that. Said, well, hey, you are the breakout tournament to champion, supposedly that he used to work for. <laughs> you know, like basically just trying to call them out and repeatedly put out these tweets and just going at them in this way. Like, like again, I just look at it like this: if something happens that you're upset about and you deal with that issue, and the company is listening to you and they deal with it, cool. Right. Like that's what you want. Yeah. Right. Like you want them to, to listen to you and deal with the issue and be sensitive to this issue and learn from it and not to have it happen again. Because, you know, you, you, you want them to know that, hey, this pisses me off. Like, I don't I don't I, this is disrespectful to me. This hurts me as a person, as a black man. So just, you know, let's address this. And the company says, sure, we hear you. We hear you loud and clear. This will never happen again. Exactly. And it does cool. cool. That's that's, that's what that's should have been the goal. Done. Yeah, but instead, but for him, yeah. it seems like that wasn't the goal. Oh, like the goal was, I'm putting the company on blast. Yes. I'm putting Jay Lethal on blast. I'm putting so everybody stupid, on blast. Man. And then now you make yourself, you know, not even though you don't have a job, now you make yourself unhireable. 
Because AEW don't want that. Yeah. They don't want no, no parts nobody, of that. Nobody will. You already burned your nobody bitches will. with Ring of Honor, so what you going right. to do for work now, man? Right. What did you really accomplish yeah. even? You know, because you, you now I'm, I'm confused on what your motives even were, to be honest with you. Like, was it really about trying to get the T-shirt off of the off of the racks or was it about you trying to look like you're fighting for social justice? But really, you're just trying to, you know, be loud and be heard and be seen, you know, for that. But you really don't care, you know, because that's what it feels like to me is like he, he actually really didn't care enough to want to solve the problem. Nah. He just wanted to, to to yell and scream and get eyeballs yeah. on him is what it feels yep. like. That's what it was like. He just wanted so, to make some noise. I'm a you know, right. I'm gonna make a t- temper tantrum and make somebody hear and me. And then you, right? It, it just I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Don't, and you know what's crazy? He had uh, he he had did like a screenshot of an email between him and the talent person who's in charge of creating marketing, and he showed the guy's email too. Wow. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, man!" That's, I'm like, "Dude, this is you just burning bridges, man." Yeah, I mean, that was just career suicide, you know. When that was, like, that was, that know. was. He was literally not thinking. Like, and, and, and I get it, man, because I I saw how that. I think I sent you that video when he said mm-hmm. he quits. You know, the WWE company, and he had to actually mm-hmm. pause because he was just so pissed off. He growled a bit. And to collect his angry thoughts, because he was just so, he was just so pissed off, man. I was like, bro, this dude, he just needs to calm down and chill, right? And just really think about like, yeah, what man, to I'm get like, accomplished nothing, man. Like, because, all right, if you, you know, love wrestling, man, prove that you love wrestling. It's a, it's a yeah. totally, it's a, it's, it's totally different ways you could have went around, went about this, but you know, unfortunately, that's not going to happen now. Yeah, because it's, it's it's just over with now. Now he's he's no longer employed, and you know everything else moves forward without him. So you know it's just, I guess I don't even know what to say about him. It's just like he's 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 gone, and you know it is what it is. And the the hopefully I would say this that WWE is more aware and more you know has more of a keen eye for things like this and this is just a a lesson learned hopefully about just um certain being sensitive about certain things when it comes to culture race sex etc um you know we just you just have to be that way like i don't care what time it is because you know we're we're i almost wanted to say like we're in a certain time where things like this you have to watch what you said but for this particularly like this has been a thing, an issue, like a like the blackface thing. Yeah, it, it's 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 not anything new. That's just now insensitive, right? Like it's been insensitive for for ages now. So I just would hope from WWE's, WWE's perspective that they just do a better job of being able to check these things out to make sure that you know they're crossing all the the the, the eyes and and just making sure that and and even if because. Things this probably in another form or fashion could happen again, right? It could. So if it does, that they just jump on it and and you know are just on top of it, even when it happens, it catches it and deal with that in the proper way. And that the and for the superstars that maybe are in that situation, learn from Jordan Miles about things you could and things you shouldn't do in order to get it accomplished where 
you bring awareness to the problem, but you don't just do it just to make noise and just to kind of boost up your own social status, right? Because that's what it feels like to me. Um, and that would that to me is what got exposed here for Jordan Miles. So as that superstar, just you know, you 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 be real about it, and and if you care about fixing the issue, then fix the issue. Don't go on social media just to rant, just to mm-hmm. to, to rant because then what are you really accomplishing? Then you just look stupid. You just look like a fool. You yep. just look like someone who just really didn't care about us anyway. Yep. So don't act like you care when you don't really care. You're just trying to, you know, add to your own status. And to that, it's like, well, this dude was fake anyway. So, um, you know, it, it it sucks. That whole situation sucks. It does, man. But, you know, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it and then put my thoughts on there as well. Yeah, I feel like I, I, you know, you bringing it up now, like I, it makes me want to dig into it more and like learn more of the facts so I can really be well rounded mm-hmm. on it because you know I know bits and pieces of it and you know there's my general thoughts on it, but you know I feel like there's there's a lot more to the story it seems than than what is is there even that we're talking about probably. So I am curious about it, um, but for what we know, for the information that we have, you know, it just feels like. Jordan was just out to, like we said, make some noise, you know, and it started out with something that, you know, positive in a way because he was bringing awareness to, you know, a a racist themed shirt that, you know, was not, you know, I I won't say that the WWE was aware of it. I think they were ignorant to it. Um, You know, if they were aware of it, shame on them. Right. But I would say that they were probably ignorant to the fact that this was something that was going to piss people off or that people would see in this way. And then it got seen. And rather than him making just making it about getting that shit off the racks, mm-hmm. he made it about something else and then brought Jay Lethal into it and called him an Uncle Tom. And for what? You know, so, you know, like I said, it's just an unfortunate right. situation. Right. If you got some personal issues with somebody, that's, that's, that is an offline conversation. That's, right. that's always right. been... You know, been my personality. I'm I'm never the dude that's going to put business out there on black exactly for everybody and oh, man. what I, I don't. Yeah, it just doesn't make you yeah. look good. Does not make you look yeah, good. Yeah, I'm not that. that social type bird on Facebook talking about. I just broke up. <laughs> now I'm just back in the relationship. I just broke up again. Now I'm back. In the right, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> this is every little thing you do. I know, man. Yeah. <laughs> Man, all right. Well, let's let's get back into some wrestling with this. Uh, so NXT. Just wanted to wrap up the the NXT WWE thing with what happened this week on NXT, and just real brief because we've we've been you know tackling the the invasion angle uh, from a couple different angles yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so just to talk about some things that have happened this week, um, we did have a mystery assailant that was jumping some of the the female superstars in the in the in the back. Um, over at NXT, um, that was kind of teased throughout the night. Uh, at the end of the night, I'm just going to jump straight to that. Actually, uh, we had we had the Mia Yim Io Shirai ladder match to see who was going to have the advantage at the first ever uh, women's War Games match. So, and the match itself was was awesome between those two. Uh, one of the last spots oh, had uh, Mia Yim. Climbing up the ladder, and out of nowhere, Kaylee Ray, who's the UK NXT UK Women's Champion, showed up, 
pushed uh, the ladder over, and Mia Yim went crashing through one of the ladders that were set up on the outside, which got me to say holy shit yes. immediately because it just looked terrible. Yes. Um, she took some. And then, yeah. She took two good hard bumps. One that busted her up. She was leaking. Yeah, she was on the bridge of the yeah. nose. Yeah, and then the other one was you know the last spot that she fell off the ladder and crashed into another one. Yeah, it was it was wild, man. Great match, uh, great showing from both of these women. Um, at the end of it, Io Shirai ended up winning. Um, she climbed the ladder um, and gained the advantage for her team. So yeah, at, at War Games, um, they'll have the advantage. And, and basically, what the advantage means in this situation is usually in War Games, it's it's four on four. But not everybody gets put into the matchup right away. So there will be a situation where there's going to be two people from Shannon Baszler's team in the ring with just one person from from um, uh, Rhea Ripley's team. And then it'll just be like alternating from there. So, yeah, they'll have the advantage. They will at times have more yeah, people the in advantage. the Same main... thing what happened last year at TakeOver games. Yep, yep. exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah, so that that was um, that was pretty cool. And yeah, what do you think of of Kaylee Ray, the NXT UK Women's Champion, showing up? Because I, I did not expect that to happen. Yeah, at all. me either, I man. Was something, I, that, something completely that, different. That happened. definitely caught me off guard right there. I was like, who is that? I, I couldn't see at first. I couldn't. I didn't, I didn't even recognize. I couldn't. I was trying to recognize the title at first. It kind of looked similar to like, is that the women's tag team? Is that a, is that like Kyrie Sane? I couldn't tell at first. Same body type as Kyrie Sane. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, why the yeah. hell is she there, you know, jumping her? I'm like, all right. So and then I'm like, oh, okay, from UK. And I'm like, that's that's a good surprise. So Shayna Baszler recruited a UK champion for her team, which yeah, I thought that was a superb move. Strong pick. <laughs> yes. Strong pick. I mean, for a second. I thought actually that Dakota yes. Kai was getting ready to turn Man, on bro, that because she looked salty. She, she looked did. so oh salty. I was like the week before when Rhea <laughs> Ripley picked Mia Yim and then looked to Dakota Kai and said, like, "Sorry, Dakota, yeah. you didn't make the cut." And it was just like this was like, awkward pause. I was like awkward. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like whoa. <laughs> She is cold-blooded. Yes. She looked right. Because I was like, are they going to address this with Dakota Kai right there? They did. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, man. Because, look, I mean, you have to pick Mia Yim in that situation, you right? Do. Mia Yim comes out with the Singapore cane, with the with the kendo stick, and she's, like, you know, wailing on all the, the, the different women that was attacking that team. And she looked great. She looked great doing that. You're like, yeah, this is the person who won't backing me up. And that's exactly what Rhea Ripley's thinking, too. So she yeah, picks her. because... But Dakota Kai's like licking her wounds, and she had a great match against Shayna Baszler. Did, by the she way, did. like she fought she her did. heart out, you oh. know. And her tag team partner is there on yeah, the team. Yeah, there she got her. <laughs> it was just I, because it was crazy because man, Rhea Ripley is talking. She's looking to her right. She got me a yim like, yeah, this is somebody I need on my team. Somebody who's just just as brutal as me. And then she looked to her left. <laughs> Sorry, Dakota. <laughs> Like, oh man, this is ruthless. like real quick. We're just gonna do it right here, like man, no wasted motion. Yeah, so yeah, man, that was that was that it was what yeah. it was, man. Like you know, Dakota Kai. Hey, and I'm still curious of what's gonna happen here because she's just she she was in the back with me. Think- she's like, it's okay. Yeah. I got you know, just I want you to know, I, I got your back if anything crazy happens. And then she showed up when nothing really crazy had happened yet. And I'm like, why yeah, that's what I was thinking here? too. I'm is like, she... what caused her to come come out? Because 
I thought, okay, she got her back, but she cool right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that was I was like, I don't know, but yeah, it, it wasn't her that ended up that ended up turning so or that ended up showing up to join Shannon Baszler's team and ended up being Kaylee mm-hmm. Ray, which I think that's really cool. Um, to have two champions on that team, like that's a it, it's a smart it pick is. from their it, side. It's so a, I like it's that a, a lot. team that looks stupid strong. Yeah, because yeah, Marina Shafir yeah, and Jasmine Dukes, they're not ready. Like, no, no, not exactly. Not yet, no. So you know, you no. you got to get Io Shirai in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the EST Bianca Belair got to have her, of course. And you, mm-hmm. you know, you just got a, a super stupid strong team now, man. So I'm definitely excited for that. Now I think Dakota Kai's might possibly replace Mia Yim since they might do an injury angle with uh, Mia Yim. Oh, yeah, so? I, they might do that. Okay. They might do that. We'll see. All right. It's, it, we got about yeah, two I mean, weeks, so they could possibly swing that. That's true. They can that's use the cut on her nose or something like that. Yeah, I mean, but it, Mia Yim seems like a person that we will be able to deal with that, though, right? Like, I just, I have a, I feel like there's there's got to be another way that you that you make that that work for to switch her because that injury alone. You know, it's me and yeah. him. But they can say know? like, "Oh, she she broke her bone or something in her nose." Like yeah, that. you're out for you're out for three weeks, so that means Survivor Series. They can use that as an angle. Like, there we go, Dakota Kai back in the yeah. mix. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it's it's it, it'll be interesting. Um, and, and Dakota Kai, she's just got to be salty uh, though. Yeah. Like, it was. The way that I all was this like, down. Man, awkward. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, seriously. It was kind of cringy. I was like, ooh. Because, man, Rhea Ripley was just looking. She looked kind of evil saying that because she kind of smiled. Like Because she, she, she was like, I'm sorry, you're not going to be on the team. But she said it with a smile. Yeah. Said, sorry. You didn't make right. it right. <laughs> just like, what, what? You, like, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> That's it. It was like a... It was a very William Regal, like two. It was. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. Like, like you know, just, you fought hard. Like you already know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we all. Know. Oh man. Oh jeez. Now on the on the men's side, it was an interesting uh, turn here. So so um, things have been changing with this card because you would have said, "Hey, Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor," yeah. right? Um, but Johnny Gargano is legit hurt right now uh, with Finn Balor having put him. Well, storyline-wise, Finn Balor put him on the shelf. Yes. Um, now, you know, the way it's being sold now, I, it actually feels like a leg- or told now. It's a really a legitimate injury for Johnny Gargano that's keeping him out. But it's perfect that Finn Balor did, you know, hit him with that yeah. brain buster at the, on the stage there. So use that story and it makes exactly. Finn Balor like a legit badass now. Oh my goodness! And man, he that promo he cut just yesterday legit. was, dude. Oh he came out that there way. with that Irish accent, sound like an Irish gangster, ready to just, mm-hmm. just to kill somebody right there. Yep, yep. Like you telling me that's you telling me this is NXT now? NXT now? That's that's the heart. That's the heart. He yeah. takes the bump and he's done. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. damn. Yep, yep. <laughs> I built this. 
And now I left it and there's a bunch of boys running around this place. It's like, oh, <laughs> he is pissed. He's not to be messed right, with. Right, man. And this this like, Finn this Balor, Balor is yeah. a little different. Yeah. He's a little yeah. bit different. And I love his entrance now when he does the whole, like, he puts his hands in the that's air. What we, that's Prince Devitt. That's what he used to do, the whole oh, bullet thing, bro. Dude, I, I, I marked perfect. out when he did that. When he first did yeah. that, when he turned heel, he did the, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. But I mean, even so, but was it a thing before? Because his entrance before, you know, he put his arms out and the crowd does it right. So I feel like now what they're doing is he doesn't because he can't just play to the crowd anymore. So when he puts his arms out with the lights going to black like that and like blacking out the crowd, it's kind of a message to the crowd, like no, 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 no. this isn't yeah, for you. It's for me. Like I'm letting you know. No more I'm, hands up I'm in the, the air man here. <laughs> exactly. So I do that in the air, but then I'm doing the two guns to let you know, like I'm a gangster, like I'm, I'm real, like I'm exactly the real. So, deal. Yeah, man, dude. <laughs> He's 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 on another level right now. I'm really excited to see uh, this matchup he's going to have with Riddle, um, which that's the switch basically. So instead of it being him versus Johnny Gargano, uh, it's going to be him versus Matt yeah. Riddle, which switches up everything really. But just to talk about him and Riddle yeah, for a little bit, that. like I I am very excited. I mean, I was I was excited about him and Johnny Gargano, and I really do want to see that because I think the story that could be told there with two guys who were seen as like the the heart of NXT, the heart of NXT. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Finn Balor was a little bit more than just the heart of NXT. Like he foundation, NXT. let's say that. Yeah, yeah. Like he's one of the main yeah. core pieces of NXT's yep. history. And you know, I think him and Adam Cole too down the road are going to have something to talk about because both of those guys have been seen. Right, we're just looking at the past and present faces of NXT. Um, with with Johnny, like we said, the heart of NXT. Now with Matt Riddle, you know, I feel like that's a great quote unquote fill in for Johnny yes. Gargano because matchup wise, just the, the the physicality of that match that I'm anticipating right now, I'm just so excited about. Like man, Strike game it, it, it's be just on lit on both sides. Man, and and with this new Finn Balor, I feel like all his moves. Feel more vicious more and violent. evil than they did before. Because yeah. that yeah. drop kick he served to Johnny Gargano. Oh my, oh my God. God, man. When he yeah, just turned yeah, the, the, the heel, he took his jacket kick, off, off kick, sinister yeah. real slow. Right? He yep. just hit that corner. I'm like, what are you about to do? Yeah. <laughs> he, he just took this <laughs> couple of slow strides, got quicker, and lit just devastating drop him kick. through that barricade. Into yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Man, I was like, whoa. Yep. It, it was a crazy visual. Yep. On this one, man, he looked like a damn ninja over here just, just taking out Matt yes. Riddle. Yes, he you got know, the like, double just, stump, just, too. Yeah. The, yeah. Took the jacket. No, the jacket was already. He took the shirt off to show off the six-pack. He pack. took the shirt off, man. That man is He's fit. like, look, I'm, I'm ripped in shape still. <laughs> like, like, just, just, yeah, man. Like, Finn Balor right now, like I said, he is on yes. another level. And just the facial expressions, the... The, the lighting, too, when they show. So I, that's another thing with the entrance that I loved was. So with the lighting, like his eyes were black. That was just shadows. And they're showing, they're shooting him from, from the bottom looking up to yeah. him. And so you see his logo over him. You see him doing the two guns. Just looking evil as hell with his eyes blacked out. I'm like, man, what this Finn Balor, I, I wish we would have seen this a little bit earlier, you know? Just to see. Because there was a time where we were like, man, we don't know what. Finn is going to be yes. doing, and you know he just was kind of getting a little bit stale. You know, we got Blue Balor and all these other. How things. How about that visual? Because um, we're talking about NXT, 
and and Finn Balor when he did the double mm-hmm. guns and when AJ Styles was in the ring. Man, that I'm glad you brought oh this my up. God, man, I had I'm a, glad you I had this a, up. I gotta say, I had an orgasmic moment. I was like, <laughs> what? Just that was fireworks that everywhere. Sequence. I was like, oh my god, two leaders of the Bullet Club, and you got you got Finn Balor doing the double guns. Pointing at AJ Styles, AJ Styles doing the two sweet. I'm like, oh my god, bro, yeah. this is this is too much. Triple H, stop. It's too <laughs> well. Well, even like the week before when he turned right, it was it was the undisputed era, all doing undisputed, yep. and him there on the ramp looking at them doing the two guns. I was like, wow. Now you flash forward a week, you know, and now you just talked about how he did that with the OC or with AJ Styles specifically. Yes. Then to continue off of that, Adam Cole is out there too. Super kicks AJ Styles. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and then AJ and then Adam Cole is looking at Finn Balor again. Then they have that moment of just kind of like a little bit of a stare yep. down. And it's just like, oh, the potential oh, here. Like, God, what? I, I just cannot. I, I want them to interact more. Like, I need more Finn Balor. Adam Cole. I need more Finn they're, Balor. They're setting. Styles. They're just setting the tone. Like they're just saying, eventually these two are going to collide. Eventually. Like I need a Survivor Series matchup with these three. Like because there's rumors of you know maybe Finn Balor doing his own Bullet Club in the WWE or Balor Club in NXT or something like that. I mean, if he creates a faction and you got the OC and you got the Undisputed Era, like. What is that going to look like? Or what if they all teamed up and it's like this NWO thing or whatever? Like oh, I, I don't know. There's just so many possibilities here. Is is, is Finn Balor part of Team NXT? He's NXT. Yeah, no, he's well, no, no, for Survivor Series. He is. I don't know if there's anything official, but he's NXT. Yeah, right I know now, that, so but yeah, you I think would... he'll be Team NXT? Oh, God. for Survivor um, Series? Because I know Adam yeah, Cole yeah, is yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who's going to be the other mm. four? Yes, it would have to be Finn. It would have like to be Finn. You already got undisputed already being other matches. Yeah, yeah, it would have to be Finn. I mean, I guess you would put some. So that's the, that'll be kind of the interesting thing because there's going to be faces and heels team together. So you know you're going to have Tommaso Ciampa yeah. there. Um, you're going to have Adam Cole. Um, Finn Balor. Finn Balor has to be there. Finn would have to be there because Johnny Gargano won't yep. be. So Finn would be there. Um, you might have Matt Riddle, which would be awkward. Matt Riddle and Finn, but you know Finn. But Matt Riddle and Keith Lee have been a big part of the whole invasion yeah, angle. That's so true. I don't see how you keep them out of it. Um, it might just be a mixture of yeah, Adam Cole, Finn on the quote unquote heel side, and then you have Champa, Riddle, and uh, Keith Lee. You know there yeah, as well. Fill it out for the yeah. five. I think yeah, I think Keith Lee yeah. will make a return on the. Now the only thing I will say is I I have a theory on who I think the fourth member of the um, War Games team for Tommaso Ciampa is going to be because with the switch from Matt Riddle to um, from from uh, Finn ba- no from uh, Johnny Gargano to Matt Riddle Matt Riddle I don't think is going to be a part of the Tommaso Ciampa team in the war game. No, match. no, not anymore. That's where uh, Dijakovic. Dijakovic. Yep. But then they were already, they needed to get another guy yeah, they already. A, yeah, they still need another one. They need yep. a fourth person now. Right. So I'm thinking that we'll see the return of Velveteen Ooh. Dream potentially. 
fingers crossed. That's Ooh. what I'm hoping for. To have Velveteen Dream come back. Because he has unfinished business with the Undisputed That's Era. Right. He's been gone because they oh, put him out. Oh, he's coming. He, he's going to make his last him. appearance. Dude, he is. Yes. He is. Yes. And then, so then if it's not Finn at the Survivor Series matchup, then it would be Velveteen Dream on uh, that team yeah. with those guys on Team NXT. Yeah. Which, dude, I would love that. I mean, even the thought of that makes me like, damn, I, I kind of want to see that person too. But, you know, <laughs> that's just... I would have to know, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know that they're going to do oh, these things, man. man. Um but yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's that's my theory on that. I think Velveteen Dream, it just makes sense. Storyline wise, you know, they all took him out. Roderick Strong, obviously, is gonna be on the team, in the Undisputed Era or you know, in their war games matchup. So he's yeah, he's unfinished business with him and with Undisputed Era on a whole because they screwed him out of the title. Um, it just makes sense. They need one more person. I think if the injury wouldn't have happened, Dijakovic probably isn't on this yeah. team. It's probably, you know, gonna be Matt would have been Matt Riddle there with Velveteen Dream. But, yeah, with them still needing another person, I think it's going to be Velveteen Dream. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, at least. That's a good theory, man. You know what? And I believe that theory. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just will it into existence. I'm just going to keep it, it believing that that's going to happen, this hopefully. A, yeah. It's a premonition you had. That's all it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, so that, that, that'll that be fun, man. I, I'm I'm excited for, for that matchup and, and just the – I guess on on both of these, right? So the Survivor Series matchup for Team NXT and for the War Games uh, uh, matchup that they're going to have on the men's side um, and the women's side, like we talked about. And just to wrap up NXT's segment here, so we're just working our way backwards a little bit here, but um, the the matchup with Roderick Strong and Keith Lee, uh, we talked about it a little bit, about how this started with, you know, (laughs) Keith Lee was calling out um, Adam Cole, you know, with saying, hey, "Hey, you shut your mouth, Keith Lee. (laughs) But Adam Cole deserves a night off. (laughs) Man, Roderick Strong was having none of it from Keith Lee, trying to put Adam Cole threw his paces. Yeah. You know, he felt like he had had enough during his last two. He's done enough for Team NXT these last couple of weeks. So he needs a night off. He deserves a night I off. I understand that. And it was admirable. Yeah. It was yeah, admirable. I understand that. You know, he, had his, he had his captain's That's right, back. man. He's the number two. So he stepped in as <laughs> the number two, two. Yeah. you know, and he, he, he put in work. It was a damn good match. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was great overall. Um, you know, people got involved it again. Did. You know, we you kinda, you know, I, I Finn Balor show up though. again. Yeah, yeah. But you know, overall, great matchup, and Keith Lee got the win. Indeed. You know, which I was real I'm happy with seeing that that victory. Yeah, I'm the number two guy. You know, hopefully setting up potentially him getting the title opportunity. We'll see. But if Velveteen Dream comes back, then probably it'll be him yeah. first before. before <laughs> so that's just the reality of it. Um, but yeah, man, great matchup between those two guys. And then working our way back. The the only other because there were a couple. There was another matchup that had happened. Um, I'm trying. It was Swerve and uh, the uh, that Australian. Oh, Bronson. I forget his Reed Bronson. Yeah, yeah. So that matchup happened, and it it was a good match overall. But it wasn't. I don't want to really go through the details of it because it was just a solid match overall. And I feel like story wise, there wasn't really much there. Just kind of showcase to see how good both these guys were, and it did its job. So check out that match definitely if you if you haven't seen it because it was really cool. Um, But the Angel Garza Leo Rush Cruiserweight Championship matchup, holy shit! 
this man way to start started off the yeah, show. It was. <laughs> it, it was amazing. Amazing. Was. I was like, like wow, wow what yes. am I watching right now? I mean, just the energy that this match had from the beginning to end. You know, the crowd was just fully the engaged. The close finishers, man. Close finishers. But even, you know, in the beginning with, like, you know, Leo Rush's family uh, yeah. being there and him kissing his wife and all that. And, you know, then in the beginning of the matchup, you had Angel Garza <laughs> go over to his wife Stripped and take his, his pants off and, and threw them to, at the feet of his wife. I was and like, Leo Rush oh, basically, man. And Leo Rush saw that, did a uh, uh, suicide yes. dive straight. It was a suicide dive out of nowhere no. because the cameraman was just totally focused on Garza. You know, you just yes. saw Leo like just bullet. dive out of nowhere Dude, like, like a, like a man, missile. Yes. Having none yes. of that. Like, are you kidding me? You taking your pants off in front of my wife and putting that? No, no, that's it. And then later on in the match, he pointed to his family and then slapped the taste out of Angel Garza's mouth. Oh man, gave him that. Uh, I forget what he calls it, but it's that like uh, uh, he pops off of the second, the middle rope, and does the stunner, and then he held on to it, and then he looked over at his wife, and he looked at him, and he slapped Angel Garza in the yeah. face, and then he was gonna do it again. So I'm like, man, this is just the emotion. This match was cool, and uh, there was that spot where Angel Garza had Leo Rush almost like in a Samoan drop uh, uh, mm-hmm. position, but they were at the top rope. And they do a moonsault. Oh, like basically, um, Angel Garza does a moonsault while holding Leo Rush in like that Samoan, uh, not Samoan drop. It was just like he was picking him up in front of him. But then he did the moonsault. He landed on top of Leo Rush. And that just visual was was crazy too. Um, overall, man, just a great, great matchup. Both guys brought it. The, the finish too I thought was perfect. It was. It was just perfect because I want to see open. more of these two guys. Yes. Um, the finish basically was Leo Rush did his frog splash um, off the off the top. Um, Angel Garza was kind of on that middle rope, like his body extended, so he hit the splash. But his leg, one of his legs, was under the rope as the referee counted the three. So Leo Rush retained, but Angel Garza popped up right away. It was like my foot was on the rope, and the crowd too. Yeah. You could hear the mixed reaction of like some were like confused. They were like, "Hey, right. hands up in the air!" Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like his foot was on the rope. Like this shouldn't be over, you know. And Leo Rush has no idea. He just thinks he won, and so he left with the belt. Um, but yeah, overall, man, great matchup. And I, I, again, I love the ending because of how great this was. was. Like I am totally down for them doing, you know, another match, maybe a couple more matches if they want to. Yeah. I don't mind. We have a series of of matches, a plethora. Yeah. With the energy like this, man, like both of them. Dude, I love Angel Garza, man. He has so much charisma. He comes out. I love his music, by the way. It it gets you music, gets the uh, crowd pumping, comes out. Great showman goes over to the elderly women gives them the smooches you know and he was yeah. actually touching hands with the fans did you notice that no i didn't yeah he went that, around the actually. ring and he was i was like oh he's high-fiving so is he like a face now well he so in the beginning too when they were announcing the two of them um while they were in the ring when they announced the championship match and they were like in this corner and in this corner when they would chant for angel garza Angel Garza was looking at Leo Rush and was pointing to his ears like, you hear that? You hear that? And then Leo Rush uh, did the same thing to him when they were chanting his name. So they're both kind of like playing off of that. The crowd is behind them. And it's it's real. Like the crowd likes both of them right now. So, um, yeah, this is just a really entertaining uh, feud that we have brewing here. I really like the, the the way that this went. Just, again, the energy that they had during this matchup, man. It was was definitely a fun match. Yes, the energy. It never let up. 
So I'm glad that, you know, the Cruiserweight is under the NXT umbrella because it really gets to shine. Can you imagine? That that was a, yes, that was a two, like 205 Live. Could you imagine, like, th- this, there's no way this gets that no. reaction. This, this match would have got lost. Live. It would We yeah. wouldn't have saw it because, you know, we don't watch 205, no. so we just would have missed right. it, and, you know. It would have just been, yeah, just another thing that happened. Like, okay, yeah, just Leo Rush versus Angel Garza. But there's, my God, on NXT, you know, with, again, just the atmosphere, the crowd, the way the, they got. They brought, I feel like they got energy and fed off of the crowd, yeah. too. And you could feel that. And just them playing off the crowd and the emotion on their faces. And, again, like, Leo Rush is, like, yelling, like, yeah, come on. And then Angel Garza also, too, doing the same thing. I Man, just thank thank you, NXT, for bringing the Cruiserweight Championship to that brand and making it relevant. Yes, because it definitely needs it. The fact that we get to see it now, oh, it's, it's awesome. So awesome. Yeah, man, fun, fun stuff. And I think that's a great way to cap this section off, man. Unless you have any other things that you want to talk about that you feel like we missed, man. Like, that's just, you know, just for me, summed up this NXT is like just overall it was a great showing. Um, the invasion angle again it is exciting there are some downsides to it from like the raw side and you know smackdown side but in general with nxt like there's some hope and uh that they're gonna book it the right way and you know and again with this showing on nxt um you know it it just it's saved like the the wwe side of the wrestling world is just saved constantly by by nxt i feel and you know this was just another example of that yeah man I, i thought nxt really shined uh, throughout, you know, just throughout our whole discussion, you know, because mm-hmm. NXT, you know, like you said before, they set the gold standard in wrestling. You know, storylines are always, you know, always entertaining. Uh, and the wrestling is always on point, too, man. So we, we definitely saw a great show from uh, just the uh, previous weeks of NXT, man. So, yeah. Heck, yeah, man. Well, that's going to do it for our WWE NXT Invasion recap catch up, yeah. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, man, took, it was a, a lot break. of content. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we took a little break. We we're gone for a couple of weeks, but we're back now. Uh, we'll be back on our regular, regularly scheduled uh, appearances weekly, um, starting next. Well, starting now, starting this week, and then next week you'll you'll hear from us again too. Um, regarding NXT and everything WWE, uh, we still got an AEW recap to record for a full oh, year, yeah, so please check yet. that we're out. We yet. are not done, absolutely. <laughs> so for Devin, this is a feast. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.